Alright. So, this is the Psychotic Strength Your Crew podcast. This is Tyler Toby Townsend. And Patia Groziva. <laughs> Alright, cool. Uh, so today is the 17th? 16th? 17th. 17th, right. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're, our intro, oh my god, I'm not doing well. The topic today is pet ya. Um, we're gonna kind of just go over who you are, what makes you you, and um, kind of see how, how it goes from there. Sure. So uh, let's kind of go over, how did we meet? Do you remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were on the same real estate team. Yeah. Way back in the day. Yeah. Only team I was ever on. Yeah. Also. Yeah, it ruined me for teams. (laughs) I think I've always been just kind of an independent person. And every time I have to be under someone else's influence or their decision making, there always... It always comes to a head where I'm just very done with it. And I've just never been good at being a follower. Right. Yeah. Um, I've never, you know, necessarily managed any place, um, but I think that's mostly because I could never tolerate being under someone's thumb long enough for them to promote me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I I feel the same way. Um, I did put in some time in the kitchen and stuff like that. I could, I, you know, I cooked for like ten years before I started real estate. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Okay, so uh, I I made it up to sous chef and shit like that, but nice. uh, it was almost it was a curse almost mm-hmm. being in management because I uh, I bust my fucking ass, yeah, and I expect other people to do the same, and they they just don't, yeah, they really don't. So it's it's really rough to to do that, and I always wanted to take the whole leader aspect versus the boss aspect. So uh, I never made I never made anybody do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Yeah. And I'd always show them. That's the kind of leadership I look for. Yeah. Right, and and it just sucks because like nobody else really does that. And then even when you do do that for people, a lot of people don't give a shit. They don't. And it's like, why am I even trying so hard with you? You know what I mean? Like exactly. So, I get that. I'm starting another team here soon. And uh, I got a couple people I'm trying to get involved in it. I started one a little while ago, had somebody on it. It went okay. Yeah. I was just putting too much time into them and not enough time into the whole thing. Right. So. That's where you kind of need individuals that are self-starting and self-motivated, you know, where they, they'll ask questions, but they're not asking you to do everything for them. Right. Yeah. Right, which is very hard to, to find. I mean, this girl was basically kind of... Asking if I was going to start a team, which is why I started one. Right. Because she wanted me to be there with her. Mm-hmm. I thought she needed someone to help her out when she needed help. I didn't think she needed to be fucking handholded through every little step of every little thing. And it was it was a little rough. Is she like a... Is she a new... She was... Well, no, because she started Kelly Williams. Mm-hmm. I got her going over there. Mm-hmm. And then when we went... We both went over to... Uh, Realty One, you went there Cascadia. too. Cascadia. Right? Cascadia, yeah. Still I, feel like that's one of the best brokerages. Oh, I left on purpose. Really? It was a really bad. So place. after Ramona left, things went downhill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the Romanos there. The, uh-huh. So the reason I left, I had a client come up from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, 
was there for one weekend. We went and looked at a house at Two Creeks. I don't know if you remember that spot. Uh, vaguely. The Romano was built um, high-end condos over off of Two Creeks Golf Course. Okay. Uh, it was in Canvas. And I had someone come up to look at one of those condos. We put an offer in. We haven't accepted. And uh, so she goes home, starting to get all her shit ready. And then they pull her offer after it's been accepted and we're pending. And they're like, oh, we got a better offer. They can't and I'm do like, that. Oh, yeah, you can, apparently. He went through the whole fucking contract. And there's a line in one of the, I believe it's the 22A that uh, that they can pull the contract. So he, he really pulled some fucking shady-ass moves on me. And I'm like, dude, I work for you. Like, so the Romanos are, are, are um... They're the ones who own Realty One Cascadia. Okay. So after that Are move, they designated brokering now? No. They still have somebody else doing it for them. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Maybe they just don't have enough experience in real estate. I'm not really sure. I guess I just loved their pay structure so much that... You know, as long as you keep away from most of the people, it's yeah. it's just worth it monetarily. But also, right. you have to also understand that I just I don't have the 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 zest and the drive for real estate. It's just yeah. not what gets me, you know, waking up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's definitely something you really got to plan on doing. Yeah. Every fucking day, and it and sucks. I tried. Yeah. But it's just like, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm just, I'm just, I just don't, I don't love this. Right. And that's okay. I mean, that's what the first 30 something years of your life are for. I'd say up to like 35-ish, you know. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but. I'm turning 28 in 13 days. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You still have time. I've just turned 32. Nice. So, uh, in 28 days? No, oh, wait, you? No, no, what, how, how long did you say? I'm 28 in 13 days. 28 in 13 days, there yeah. we go. Okay, I know there was a 28 somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you're still getting there. I mean, I remember early 20s, you think you fucking know everything, you think you're making the right choices, 25 hits, and you're like, maybe I'm an idiot, like maybe I should listen to a few people. 30, I started actually figuring shit out, mm-hmm. and I'm at like 32 now, and... I think I'm on the right track. I swear I think I am. Like, I don't know, though, dude. You know, so. Yeah. I, for me, it, it, I have always gone about things in a way that, you know, I, I, I go go forward with caution. I realize that I'm, like, especially with real estate, like, I realize that I'm not the master of that craft. There are people that know more than me. And as long as I spend time with them and listen to them and absorb what they are talking about, I will get better. But I, I've always been the kind of person that, like, be, 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 surround yourself with those who you want to be like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if they're successful, if they're knowledgeable, if you they're... You are who you hang out with. Exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I've never been the kind of person that just thinks that I know everything, except morally. Like, I have my set morals. I've always had my set morals. I got bullied in school. I wanted to fit in so bad, but there was just something in, in, in my psyche that was like, but you can't sacrifice your morals to be cool for two years or four years or however long until you're out of this damn hellhole. Yeah. With all these teenagers that hate you for no reason. You know, I always, I always feel like there's, there's like two people 
two types of people. And uh, it's kind of just kind of coming together in my brain as it's coming out. But uh, mm-hmm. I feel like there's people who were fucking loved high school. Yeah. And like that was their glory days and that will forever be their fucking glory days. They peaked. And then there's the people who got through fucking high school and actually became good fucking people later, you know? Like seriously there's like if if your highlight of your entire life was high school, I don't know what's wrong with you because that that's that's a bit much, you know? Like you were you didn't even know who the fuck you were. You were trying to like figure out who you were, who you wanted to be, who you thought you should be. Like all this shit, it was too confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always been a musician, so I was lucky in that way. Like you play in the band? Uh well, I mean I I just my dad was classically trained in voice, oh. piano, and guitar. And, uh, he, I mean, I knew my Doremis before I knew my ABCs, my one, two, threes. Like my dad was playing piano for me every day, singing with me. My first recital with the choir as a soloist was when I was four years old in Bulgaria. Um, you're Bulgarian? I am. Yeah. Me too. A little bit. Nice. Yeah. Cool. That actually makes sense. You just, you do have some Bulgarian features. I I don't know. I'm told I look a little Russian and I'm like, it's Bulgarian. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but it is different. Yeah. Bulgarians have a lot more Middle Eastern influence in their in their yeah, so um, I'm, uh, genetics. Sicilian. Uh, I I don't know what my dad's all got in him, but the Bulgarians, most of it. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Weird. Yeah. Anyways. That's why we in got along. Bulgaria. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I, we came here when I was six and I just kept doing music and I was always singing and I play a little guitar and I did, uh, I did classical voice lessons and and classic voice training through college. I didn't finish my degree because a music performance degree is absolutely useless in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) Um, and I would rather not be in debt. So because a piece of paper is not going to pay the debt off. For me it's true yeah um but it's just what i've always been and i always knew like i'm a singer and like i can do odd jobs to make a living like, to make money to live but in at the end of the day i'm a musician that's what i am that's what i've always been so in high school i didn't have that problem where i didn't have an identity because i didn't know who i was i was always a singer okay that's cool. maybe that's why people didn't like me I don't know. Because <laughs> they were so confused and you just weren't? Uh, yeah. Maybe. The only thing I was confused about was my self-worth. Hmm. Because people hated me and put me down all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But you get out of high school and that shit kind of melts off a little bit. It really does. I feel like as soon as you get out of high school and meet other adults, you kind of become who you want to be. Yeah. Not who everyone thinks you are, and it's it's pretty interesting. I mean, if we're if we're going back to high school, I I was actually a pretty big bully in high school. Hmm. I know that sucks. Everyone hates hearing that, but uh, yeah, I was a piece of shit for a long time. It didn't take till like junior year until I kind of realized like what I was really doing to people. You know, like it's one thing to kind of fuck around and. Like, kick some kid in the ass as he walks by. But there's a whole other thing to, like, mentally break somebody. Yeah. You know? And I didn't even realize how often and how how often I was doing it and to how many people 
I'd had people come like on my messenger and shit, get a hold of me and be like, Hey, uh, do you remember me? And I'm like, I remember your face. I don't remember what your name is or anything like that. And it was actually a chick and she's like, you used to bully the shit out of me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's weird. Cause like, I didn't really bully chicks that often. Like it wasn't a thing I did. You know, I, I always wanted the potential for maybe a fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to fight a, I'm not going to fight a chick. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So like. It was weird, but when she started telling me what happened, I'm like, yeah, that sounds a lot like me. But, like, it, it's sad to me to think that, like, that was probably, like, non-aggressive, like, side, out of the side of my fucking face shit, you know? Yeah. Like, not even full, full-on directly at you. But there was a kid in, in high school that I fucking ruined his life. Like, oh, it was so bad. I ended up apologizing to him later and trying to... Make trying to just feel better about it, you know? Like, I'm trying to tell this kid, you know, like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, uh, you know, it's I kicked this kid down like a, like a flight of stairs. You ever been to Hudson's Bay? Uh, yeah, I think I've been there once. So to get the, to the gym, I don't know if that's where you were going, but there, you go down one tiny flight of stairs, probably about like 15 steps, mm-hmm. and then it stops, and then another 15 steps. Yeah. I kicked this kid so fucking hard, he missed all the steps and hit the wall. Ouch. Skinny kid. My, my age, little know-it-all, fucking, he stood up for himself, but all he could do it was, was with his mouth. Yeah. So... There was just a lot of shit I did back then that I, I'm not, I don't appreciate, but. But yeah. I mean, I think most of my bullies, by the time about like you said, like junior year, kind of got over their bullshit and just started being normal humans. And that was cool. Yeah. Just, I don't know if it was like a confidence thing, like they finally felt solid as individuals and they didn't feel the need to put me down to feel better about themselves. Well, it was so. My thing was I, I, I had two divorced parents. Mm-hmm. I went to a different school every year. Yeah. Until high school. Well, high a school. coping mechanism. Right. Because you get to a new school, nobody fucking likes the new kid. You know, nobody wants to take time to get to know that kid. And they always end up bullying me. So I just started doing it first. You know? And then yeah. they fucking... Then at least they hate me for a reason. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I had the opposite problem. Um, I think I had one guy bullied me literally from first grade when I came halfway through the year from Bulgaria with like barely English. Like the English I knew was from Cartoon Network in okay. Bulgaria. So like it was so so. And I was still I, first grade, you got Sure. Time. But I also had like an accent and everything mm-hmm. and I just I wasn't I just have this distinct memory where I could not communicate with my peers. And it was very stressful. And I have this other distinct memory from first grade where, like, there's just this group of boys in a circle around me taking turns kicking me in the back. And every time I'd turn around, someone else would kick me in the back. And I just remember, like, screaming at the top of my lungs for one of the the, uh, recess attendants to help me because, yeah, people were super fucking with me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I knew one guy from first until... 12th grade was consistently like there with his buddies and by 6th grade he had a whole group of people that he hung hung out with and one of them I even had a huge crush on for like several years uh (laughs) fucked up uh (laughs) we all have one of those oh my god they they toyed with me so much like all middle school the beginning of high school um 
middle school was horrible. Middle school was absolutely horrible. Yeah. I had all of, nearly all of my classes except like choir with these people. <laughs> like the advanced classes too. Like we were the smarter kids and these guys wouldn't stop fucking with me. Like That's lame. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. My nightmare continues. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was uh I was definitely a solo mission guy though. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't uh if I saw somebody picking on somebody, I'd I'd make it my mission to bully them instead. Yeah. But I don't know. It was my repentance, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I was really fucking mean. Like I I wanted to fight everybody all the time. So, mine was more that I was like the butt of all of their jokes. It's so confusing. Like, why would you... I don't understand why people pick on... Like, a group of dudes would pick on a chick. Doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, it turns out the majority of them, at one point or another, or the whole time, wanted me. And that was very confusing for me to find out after high school because (laughs) I was like, I literally thought I was disgusting and absolutely repugnant uh, because you guys gave such negative output that I had zero idea. I had not a not a glimpse of hope that any of you wanted me. Man, guys are idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing is, like, of course they grouped up. It, I I have no smaller a mouth today or larger a mouth today than I had then. I've always been quick and snippy and, like, if some, like I would literally play into their jokes because they would try to say some shit to me and I'd be like, bam, 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 right back. Like, we're in the same classes. I'm not stupid, and I will say some shit to you. But at the end of the day, they were doing it because I was so easy. Like, it was so easy to get a rise out of me that it was funny. Like, and I get it, and I'm totally still that way. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Don't change you for whoever, anybody. Man, fuck it. And just, like, when people are, like, joking, sometimes at my expense, it goes right over my head that they're joking. And so I'll just be like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, whoa. Man, I was kidding. And I was like... Okay. Okay. <laughs> as long as you know, I'll, I'll verbally kick your shit, right? Yeah. yeah. That's good, though, man. I mean, being witty is fantastic. It's a, I think it's a un... Oh, man. What's the word I'm looking for? Under... I don't know. Underthought of form of intelligence? Um, undervalued? Undervalued form of intelligence. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. I mean, it's not... I'm very quick, too. And underappreciated. Yeah. Underappreciated. Mm-hmm. I, I'm very quick and witty and, and all that other shit. You gotta be when you're fucking being an asshole forever. Um, and in real estate. And I feel in real like, estate. I feel like in real estate, like, <laughs> literally half the battle is just making sure that when someone thinks of buying or selling a house, that you are the first person on their goddamn mind. Because yeah. everyone and their mother and their brother and their sister sells fucking real estate. Right now, yeah. And so you literally have to just be hilarious and, like, ostentatious enough that people are like, ha, 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 yeah, triple T, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh, so I'm taking it you saw the video then, huh? Oh, Did you no. you see my music video? No. Oh, dude, yeah, you gotta look it up. Doing real estate for a while, at least you're gonna, you'll get it. There's a couple of real estate jokes in there. <laughs> That, like, flew over a couple people's head. I had this 18-year-old girl. I'm over at a friend's house. He's got a bunch of kids, and one of his sons has a girlfriend. Mm. And uh, and she's like, you know, just so you're aware, you're not that good at rapping. And I'm like, that whole thing was a fucking joke. That's not like, the point. Right. And, and 
first of all, I thought it was pretty decent, you know, like, but it was just, it was funny as hell because like, you're just, you're not as, you're not experienced enough at life to even understand half of these fucking innuendos or jokes. Tiffany, I'd love to hear you spit some, uh, spit yeah. some verses real quick. That's, That's what we uh, should have done. Just had her spit some bars right there. Go ahead. Yeah. Just lay it on me. No, I mean, since you've got an opinion, you must be a sensational lyricist. Yeah. I'd love to, love to see, see that tongue flap a little. Let's do it. That'd be good. What is it? Go. Like, <laughs> I also love putting teenagers on the spot, man. They get so fucking awkward. Yeah, I've dealt with uh, the young men in our, uh, we've been on the church for a long time, and I've dealt with the young men for a long time, and they really enjoy me there, because I'll, I'll do shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't talk shit to me. I'll, I'm, I'll bring it right back way harder. I think like, I'm scared of your parents. I'm not scared of your parents. I am definitely <laughs> not scared of your parents. I know all your parents, and they're all scared of me. So, like, I'm not worried about it. So, it's just, it's funny. Because I'm that guy, like, I feel like I appreciate your statement of, like, you know, you'll stick with your morals no matter what. Because I'm definitely the same way. You know, I'm a really fucking nice dude. And mm-hmm. I try and really go out of my way to give people the benefit of the doubt and to really give them a shot. Because yeah. to me, if I'm looking at humanity as a whole, I've said this a bunch of times, uh, I think humanity as a whole is, is garbage. Agreed. You know? so, I hate to admit uh, that, but yes. I always, if I get to know somebody, I always give them a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, please prove me wrong. Please, like, do me a favor and prove me wrong that most people are fucking garbage. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, right? So then you just find people that are anyways. I had a guy that come up to me and like, we would go into the library and I'm behind one of the dudes. I'm like, hey man, how are you doing? I'm like, give him the shoulder rub. He's like, oh, thanks man. Do you do the lower back? I'm like, I'm not good enough to do that. And, and like, I'm just fucking around with the guy, right? And then I go over to the guy, next guy who's clearly seen me do, just do this a second ago. I get behind him and I put my hands on his shoulders and he flipped around and started screaming at me about, you don't touch me, blah, blah, I don't, nobody touches me and all this other shit. And I'm like, like screamed at me to, and then took his shit and left. Like I didn't even have a chance to say anything. And I was so fucking mad. Who was this guy? This is a guy from church. Right? Um, just, okay. just a fucking prick, man. And he, uh, and his name's Victor, if that helps. <laughs> Probably doesn't. Um... He's that guy that, like, oh man, he's the guy who barely has a job and then shows up in a brand new Camaro. You know what I mean? Like, he can barely afford anything, like, to even provide for his children, but he's got a brand new fucking Camaro that he just showed yeah, up to. like all the people in apartment complexes driving exactly. hella fucking nice cars. Right. Like, your car, if you did not paid all the money for that car, you'd probably own a house right now. Well, not even that they've paid it. They're still paying it off. In fact, they just started paying it off, which means they still have. For Brandy Camaro, what? A, another, what, $60,000? Who fucking At knows? least. I don't know how much those cars cost, but probably at least that much. Yeah, well, he's just, he's that guy. So, after church, I, I like, ran up and... I'm a big fan of I don't really give a fuck who's around. Yeah. I'm going to say what I want to say. 100%. So, I kind of, like grabbed him and I threw him against the wall and was like, don't ever fucking talk to me like that. I was being nice. I was just playing with you. You saw me do it to him. You could have turned around and be like, hey, I don't like to be touched. And you know what would have happened? I'd have never fucking touched you again. 
because I can appreciate your boundaries. Mm -hmm. But now I'm fucking touching you, and I want to know what you're gonna fucking do about it. You know what I mean? And there's a whole don't be disrespectful. Like yeah, like all you'd have to say is, "Ooh, I don't, I don't really like being touched." Okay, no worries, dude. Like I won't touch you. Like it's kind of a joke, anyways. I'm not out here handing out fucking real massages. But it's actually kind of funny. I've noticed. I've noticed a a trend, um, and it's I've noticed it's like among men, um, and and it's not it's not something that's ever thrown me off because, generally speaking, people who don't know me, I I don't know if it's my energy or my aura or what it is, but people who don't know me generally never come up to me. And try to even talk to me if they're insecure. But like they would never come up to me and try to touch me. Um, people that aren't close to me usually don't do that either. I've just never experienced that issue. Um, but I've definitely had like where like we're good friends. Like co-workers will come up and like do it. And it doesn't bother me because that's fine. And if it does bother me I set a boundary. Like if they get like handsy or something. Which again doesn't happen to me very often. Well but, a little side note. I've known this guy... By that time, for at least two years. Yeah. We've shook hands, I don't know how many fucking times. So, that's what made me so mad about it. You know, with with women, it's like, you always, because, you know, the Me Too movement and everything, you should always ask for permission before touching people. And I feel like that should, at this point, extend to everybody because... You you don't know people's mental instabilities. You don't know what they're going to be like. And especially men these days, I feel like there's a huge... Because there's um, all this, you know, gay pride and all that stuff, I feel like people who, uh, men who identify as super straight, like, they're, like, so super straight that, like, if you touch me the wrong way, that's gay, don't touch me. And it's, like, very homophobic. And I feel so, like those people really need a dick. Well, I, it's funny that you say that because I've actually seen that happen and then they're much happier. But, um, <laughs> like, weird, like, the meanest person I've ever met and then... Once they come out and live their best life, they're the sweetest person I've ever met. Yeah. Crazy. But, like I said, like, I I would just err on the side of caution with that kind of stuff because, yeah, people, I've noticed, can be a bit homophobic. Yeah, well, that probably is what it is. That makes sense with his whole personality type and everything. That yeah. he'd do something like that. But just, that's the thing, too, I feel like. Just there's a way to do it, too. Gauge your reactions. Like, just be like, hey, bro, no thanks. Rather than screaming in someone's face, like... Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty upset about it. I also... Dude, homophobic. We're talking about that. I had a, a buddy at the gym. Big old fucking guy. Right? He's the one who got me into strongman. His name is Jeremy. And um, a gay dude. Very flamboyantly gay. Mm-hmm. Came over and was like, Hey, I think you're really, really cute. I'd love to take you out sometime. To Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And Jeremy fucking punched him in the mouth. In the middle of the fucking gym. Punched him in the mouth and standing over him screaming, I'm not a fucking homo. Like, all this other shit. And I'm like... Wait, but he is? He's not gay. Oh, wait. I thought you said he is. Oh, a, a guy who was flamboyant came up. Okay. I thought yeah, you said... Yeah, no. I thought you said... I thought you gave that as a description of Jeremy. No, like I'm saying... No, the guy that came up was, was very evidently gay. Like, you'd have seen him coming. Sure, yeah. Right? And, uh... I love those kind of people. I'm cool with it. I don't give a shit. They're just very know? positive. I like that energy. Well, they know who they are. And that's yeah. cool. But uh, I was I was fucking irritated. And then, so the guy gets up and he's crying and he leaves. And I, he's like, I'm not no fucking homo. I told you. And like, 
I hate when you make your fucking gay jokes because I make gay jokes all the time. That's like 100% assault. Like, I still don't understand how people today... I'm like, dude, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, just say no. If you're not interested, you're not interested. How how is that... Like, that makes me think you're fucking gay and you're like really trying to hide some shit because who acts like that? Like, I don't give a fuck if a dude came and hit on me. I'd be like, nah, dude, sorry. Like... I just don't swing my bat that direction. Or you, this might just be bad timing. You know what I mean? But <laughs> that's funny. the thing. is like you, you got to really just, the fuck is wrong with you? What if a girl hit on you and you were gay? You going to knock her the fuck out? Like, I'm confused. How about that violence okay? is just not the answer? I feel like that's an, under, uh, an overstatement sometimes. Well, I mean, if someone, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> like, if someone's coming at you, I, I'm not that kind of a pacifist. Right. But... To be the person that instigates violence because you're trying to make a point? Well, to take a, a violent direction out of a completely unviolent situation, yeah. that's that's completely ridiculous. Yeah, to make a point. And yeah. to me, it just shows that either you don't believe you have the capacity to make that point verbally, or you simply do not have the capacity to make that point verbally. And then, you know... Maybe you should go back to school or something. You know, learn some philosophy or, I don't know, some shit. I don't know. Yeah, this guy was a piece of shit. He ended up being a pretty terrible person at the end of it. Yeah, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a shitty person, but, I mean, it is what it is. You're going to get, you're going to run into those kind of people all day. You know? Yeah, well, and, you know, there's, there's, the other thing is, like, there's people that, like, significantly mishandle testosterone. Yeah, he definitely was on a lot more than he needed to be. Yeah, and I, like I'm sorry, but that's gonna that's gonna activate those those parts of your brain that are are responsible for rage and anger and stuff like that, and they're gonna tend to so reduce some of that it to everybody. decision making. I, I I've taken quite a bit before, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the way I explain it to everybody. Because I've done enough of enough things for enough time to figure out kind of what's okay and what's not. Sure. And to see kind of what this shit does. Yeah. And what it really does is it enhances, especially mentally, mm-hmm. who you are. If you're a fucking snappy asshole, you're going to be a ten times the amount of a snappy asshole. If you're mellow most of the time, you're still going to be mellow, but you could be a little more snappy, right? Like, so sure. that snappiness is going to come with testosterone no matter what. Yeah. You're going to get madder faster. But if you already get fucking pissed immediately, may- maybe don't do that. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you're giving everyone else who uses bad, a bad name. Because upping your testosterone level to me is... It's actually very beneficial in a lot of ways. As yeah. long as you don't overstep the amount you should be doing. Now, if you're, if you're like doubling what, what medical... So there's a medical number... It's around like 250 milligrams, mm-hmm. right, of testosterone. They say that's the normal amount. Sure. And what that what, what that does to a man is keeps him able to be erect when necessary. Sure. That's, that's the way I feel about it. Um, it's not going to make him horny all the time. It's not going to make him to where if, if he was getting with a woman that he wouldn't get erect. Right? Sure. So that that's like the normal amount. I feel around 500 is about where a guy should be. To where, I don't know, just, just as, a, as a person, as the person I am, I'm a very sexual person. Sure. Um, and I feel like 
I'm always trying, right, with, with, with my woman. I'm always trying to constantly be with her and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's just kind of the way I am. But uh, I feel like if you're not getting erections on accident, you're, it's not enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, the main reason I say that, too, is is physically. When I'm in the gym, when I'm on at least 500 milligrams of, of testosterone, my body heals faster, it goes longer, and it does more of what I need it to do. Yeah, Whereas awesome. at the 250, I'll go to the gym, I'll lift if I have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm lifting because I have to, not because I need to. Mm. And anything above 500, which I've been all the way in like the 1500s, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. So. Um, I will never be, I will never be the first or really the last to judge about any kind of um, supplements or, or drugs Substance or, or yeah. substances because. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm over it. I've been doing this for fucking eight years. I don't, I don't care. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's frustrating that people constantly hide it. I hate these Instagram model guys that are fucking shredded. That's not possible natural. What you're what you're saying you're doing, these striations that destroy your chest, just like you can wiggle your fingers and see every striation in your body doing all that other shit. You can't do that without steroids. It's not it's not something that happens to a normal human being. Like maybe there's some genetic things that make that happen. But like, the majority of humans. Yeah. Majority of humans, there's there's no fucking way. Right. It's not gonna happen. But um yeah, I like to be in the range around, I want to say almost a 1,000 is my favorite mm -hmm. range. And the reason I say that is because I have to go to the gym. I have to get that energy out. And I have to bust my fucking ass in the gym to even sleep. Yeah. Right? And to me, I compete in strongman. I kickbox. I do all this other shit, right? So, like, I feel like I have to get that shit done when I'm on that. Otherwise, I'll fucking explode. You know what I mean? And not like an angry way, but just more of like a, I need to get something done. Yeah. I like the way that feels. Well, yeah, but a lot of people, especially um, people with higher intellect that, you know, take time and like actually think about all of the moves that they're making. Think about why they feel the way that they feel about certain things. Why they have these patterns that they want to break or these patterns that they want to pursue. You know, these are, th those are the kind of people that just have a lot of nervous energy that does. I mean, it's, it's literally good for your mental health yeah. to get nervous energy out of your body. Right. Um, that's why all of the medical professionals are always like, Hey, you know, you need to work out at least 30 minutes a day, do something, move, and it will help your depression. It will help your anxiety. It will help your ADHD. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have really bad ADHD. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. So it's just good for your mind as much as it is for your body. Right. And it, it is. It's, the difference I'm saying is that it just, it becomes almost necessary. So it gets yes. done every time. And it just, I really appreciate that kind of stuff. But Plus the, the fact that mass. it feels necessary <laughs> is because you're, you're aware of the necessity. Right. Whereas there's a lot of people, and myself included, for a long time now, because I used to work out like crazy. I used to lift... I, cause I, I was, a, I was a cheerleader. I was a base for most of my life like, nice. for like nearly a decade. I was just lifting girls. And if you don't learn the proper techniques and the proper form in the gym, you're going to be improperly lifting and, and you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. You're going to give yourself hernias. You're going to get screw up your neck, your back, your everything. 
And I had some significant injuries from earlier cheerleading days because I wasn't doing things properly. Um, but it, when you put that on the back burner, when you forget that your body and your mind need to exert energy and move stagnant blood, stagnant water out of your body, you start decaying slowly. And mm -hmm. all of that has a huge negative impact on your mental health. And then people are turning to psychiatrists and, and medication, prescription medication to help them with their depression and their anxiety and all this stuff. When, when like, except for, of course, the, the true cases that need that medication, right. the majority of people would be just fine if they got proper nutrition and exercise. I, I try and explain that a lot. And, and uh, people just, they don't understand. Because I know when I'm in the gym, I try to go five days a week. But when I'm real consistent, I end up going seven. Yeah. Because it feels so good. It feels good. Endorphins. It feels amazing. I'm eating good. I'm going to the gym. I feel fucking great. It's amazing. I have, uh, I take albuterol. Yeah. Which is like a depression medicine. I honestly just... I thought albuterol was the... the... Oh, right. That's the asthma. I have yeah. asthma too. What am I thinking? Uh, Wellbutrin. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so, um, well, butrin is uh, that's a depression medicine. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I stack it in my fucking my my room until I know I'm about to come off a cycle. Yeah. Because I know I'm about to be in. A, I'm gonna dig myself in a nice deep dark pit because I'm trying to level out my hormones from being fucking a thousand fifteen hundred milligrams per week down to like two hundred fifty. So you don't wean it? Do you, do, you, do, you, do you like do it little by little until you get to that lower amount? Or do you just basically go almost cold turkey um, down to 250? That's usually how I do it. I'll so usually leave it like 1,000 and then I'll, I'll start working my way down. Work your way down. Okay. Well, that's certainly better. Yeah. No, but it's still going to have not, a negative actually, effect. Actually, I'll be honest with you. I'll probably do just go all the way down. <laughs> yeah. So that might be part of the problem. If you wean yourself yeah. off of it slowly, it'll help with that crash. But right, I think the hard part is um, when I get when I'm when I'm getting, uh, I'm thinking about how many weeks and stuff I want to be on cycle. I never really work about. I never really get enough to cycle down. Hmm. I'm always like, as soon as that last week hits, that's the last full shot. <laughs> Next week will be whatever, right? So like, it's probably smart. So I would do like if I were you, and and you know I'm not your boss. You're gonna do whatever you want. If I were you, I would do that like seven fifty, the last shot, and then. Uh, the first part of the neck, the, the down cycle, I guess I would do 500 and then 250 for as long as you are going to do that. It's probably smart. And, uh, honestly on the way up, I know you're not going to do work your way up. So you no, might as well no. just go 250 to what, but, but if you, if you wean down, <laughs> it'll help you not go through such a hard time. Yeah. For your yeah. That's, a, that's a good thought. Yeah. I don't know. I've been doing this for eight fucking years. Nobody's ever suggested some shit like that. That's because people don't, they, because everything is black and white in this country. Everything is political. Everything is a fucking sports team. You're either this team or that team. So people are either, you know, supportive of your usage or they're like, why would you do that to your body? It's all about judgment. It's like, yeah, I'm cool with it or I'm not cool with it. It's very rare that people will sit down and be like, hmm. Well, you're having a problem. Like, let's find a solution. Where it's like, 
I don't have any, I don't, I don't have any eggs in this basket, but I, why not? Like if you're having this problem, let's, let's troubleshoot. Let's spitball. Yeah. That's People smart to do. do that. I mean, cause, cause honestly that would help everybody. Like, yeah. cause as, as, uh, as someone who takes quite a bit, I do get quite a few newer athletes who are trying something like that, asking me what I think. Yeah. And I just tell them what I do. Or what I did when I started. Like, I always... I'm a huge fan of... Don't go fucking overboard. Right? Like, you don't need to do more than you need to do. I told a buddy of mine just started last year. Do 500. If you feel good, keep it at 500. All things in moderation. Seriously, man. It's, uh... Plus, it's a little bit addicting, for sure. Right. And, uh, it's not really the whole steroid usage or whatever like that. It's, it's the... I'd say it all the time. It's the immense strength. Mm. Being able to pick something up with one hand and pick it up off the ground, that takes people, their whole fucking body to pick up, right? Is That's very addicting. But also, I feel like, from, from description, because I, I obviously haven't partaken in something like that, but yeah. I, a, a big descriptor that I've heard in reference to steroids is um, just feeling like you can take on the world. Yeah, there are, there's one, yeah, there's one especially, it's the, the drug of the gods. It's called Tren, Trenbuterol. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I've been on that. And that one, that one I gotta say is fucking scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you take too much of that and you'll say that shit that's in the back of your mind that you'd never say to your loved ones and it'll just come out and you'll feel so right about it for about 30 seconds and then you'll be like what what did i just do you know what i mean like it 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 like makes you want to cry because you just hurt everybody's feelings in the car yeah so but on the other hand of that you work out harder not only do you get fucking bigger but you also get thinner like you're losing fat at the same time so you're everything that you want to happen happens with this fucking drug which is why it's so addicting which is why it's so addicting. So it's so a lot of the times with most steroids, you get a bulker, something that adds meat on. Right. Right? But then you also have a, another side, which is like your stems, which are kind of taking meat off. It's just the way I describe it, because if you're losing a lot of weight, you're losing some muscle too. Of course. Uh, but if you're gaining a lot of muscle, you're also gaining some fat. Yeah. Right? It's bulk. Uh, a bulk, bulk and trim, bulk and trim. Right, a bulk and a cut. Cut. Yeah. So it's sorry. So with, trim is a more feminine word for weight loss. No, it's just I'm just used to cut. I, I don't know trim. Why not? We can do that. No, one. but like cut is more of I don't want to say mass. I don't want to describe it as masculine, but it's more of a gym rat term. Okay. Like it's more of a bodybuilder kind of you know philosophy. Right. Whereas like trim, weight loss, you know, curb it, like all that stuff is like. Weight Watchers terminology, you know? Kind of, yeah. Assholes. Yeah, they suck. (sighs) What sucks is just the concept, you know? The concept that you have to look like a fucking prepubescent girl your entire fucking life. Yeah, no. God forbid you are a woman with curves and a slower metabolism. I'm sorry, but that's the fucking reality. At the end of the day, either you're spending three to five hours in the gym to look like a teenager and or bodybuilder depending on what kind of stuff you're doing in the gym yeah and starving yourself or living a healthy lifestyle and you know counting calories and like knowing what you're eating it's so weird that girls 
feel that need. And I, I feel like... But it's expected of us. <sighs> Magazines, tabloids, media, it movies. Is, it is that way. Celebrities. Right? But I think what, what women don't quite understand is, is normal men. Normal... When I say normal, uh, I want to say a good 80% of men. Yeah. Who... I would even Actually bump it up women. to 90, I think. A good 90% of men? Of straight men, I'll Straight say. men. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> there we go. Not, a, not, to say, not to say that gay men don't love women, because right. they do. Right. They, they can definitely appreciate something that's yeah. beautiful. Which is confusing to me, too, that, that I always wondered, like, I don't think men are that attractive. Right? And it's funny, because, like... You look at men, and I, I'll tell you if a guy looks good. We're right? the peacocks. Like, we're the male peacocks right. of, of our species. That's the a fucking women, good way of putting it. The women are the male peacocks. Women are fucking beautiful. Yeah. They really are, you We're know? the big bird. But what I'm saying is, I think that what, what girls don't quite understand is that a woman that looks like a fucking woman is so much more appreciated than they think it is. They think they gotta have this trim waist, big old butt, big old titties, and like... If at you have least, big tits and a big ass, at least having a big butt and big so tits small? is back in, because this is just something that has been like the last five, ten or fifteen years. Before that, you were looking at you know the Twiggies and the uh, God, I what's that like other that super cute, super popular model of the nineties? Uh, oh my gosh, Kanye says it in his raps. Oh no, then I probably don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a really old song. Um, the the, the, the really skinny, skinny models, yeah. you know, it was just really popular to have no curvature, to be yeah. skin and bones essentially. You know, and and it's like the same thing in the ballerina and yeah. the ballet industry. Like yeah. everyone has yeah. to be ungodly thin, and it's That's like crazy. It's not healthy, and with gymnasts too, it's like this phenomenon where. You're not getting your period. And yeah. under 18, 16 or 18% of body fat for a woman, you no longer get your period because your body can no longer support life. Right. <laughs> okay? So it's like we're not having babies. And it's natural. Like the reason that happens is back when we were like nomadic, when we were hungry, when there was not enough food for the tribe, women could not procreate. Interesting. And so... Once there's food again and women get healthier and thicker, that's when they can create life again, when they can support a second life. And, and, and it's, it's because when the tribe is hungry, babies can't survive. So why make them? That's kind of the... the that's, that's a very good point. The physical... That's the, a very good uh, evolutionary tactic. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's smart. Because why you're just going to fuck everybody up. Exactly. Babies are just going to die anyway. What's the They're point of carrying it for nine and, months? And yeah. you. Well, back then you probably had a good potential of dying anyways during childbirth. Well, not to mention the the taxation of that other life. Because essentially, in that situation, if you don't even have enough to feed yourself, the baby is literally a parasite eating away at your body. Jeez. And that yes. happens today, too. If you don't get proper nutrition as a pregnant woman, your body, your baby literally eats the calcium from your fucking bones and your, and your uh, muscle density and everything. The baby is eating those things if you don't feed yourself properly. That's crazy. To support a second life. That's also like why I'm so pro-choice, because... 
just, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, if this is an unwanted pregnancy, that thing is a parasite sucking the literal life out of me. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, conservatives. I just don't agree. Oh, man. I just don't agree. Yeah. Oh, God. It's a scary political time right now. <laughs> it is. It's scary. It's scary in so many different directions. So on that one, I think we talked about that in the last podcast a little bit. Uh, I got in a big argument with my cousin. Yeah. And she was like, if you if you only support abortions as after incest or rape, then you're part of the problem. And I'm like, whoa. Like so if I if I only support if I only support it in those ways, then I'm part of the problem, right? Which to me, if that stuff happens, absolutely get an abortion right yeah. but at the same time i'm sure there's other extenuating circumstances where it is necessary my biggest thing is i don't feel like it should be used as a form of birth control sure but the thing is at the end of the day just look at the statistics the statistics the statistics will and, and there are several on both sides so one of the statistics you look at is like how many people are getting second third fourth fifth abortions they're not that big of a number. Okay. And so... That's actually good news. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean... I had a friend in high school. His girlfriend got four fucking abortions because they didn't want to use condoms. That's where my hatred for fucking using abortion as a as a, as birth control it bothers me. Sure. Okay, so... But here's a follow-up question. So you've mm. got birth controls that... Like, there are certain birth controls that, that prevent... Uh, eggs from being fertilized in general or prevent ovulation um there's you know sometimes something might get fertilized you know i think the iud i'm not 100 percent sure so don't quote me on this but i believe some iud's uh, make it so that you know you build up a mucous membrane around the um uh, uterus and so even if an egg does get fertilized it can't implant so even then they're like oh abortion that's an abortion um but an IUD is I, an abortion? They, they, they like to make that claim at times. Well, sure, like if, some, if an egg gets fertilized and can't implant into the uterus because you're wearing an IUD, that that in itself is a form of abortion. Shit, I didn't even know that's how that worked. I guess to me, I just don't agree that an unborn fetus sh- should have the same rights as me. Right. And if I and the, the other thing that I fully support is the fact that there are too many starving children on this planet. Yeah. And if I was if I I was very fortunate that my parents kept me one, of course, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to be alive. Um but if if I had to if I knew as an unborn child, and I know people are going to say like, well, not everyone's like you. If I knew as an unborn child that I had to enter a foster care system and I understood what our foster care system in this country looks like and what my fucked up reality was going to be my whole life and how many odds are stacked against me and how I was going to be hungry and unwanted and unloved, I'd be like, nah, go ahead. Take the medication, pull the trigger, bite. No, I don't, I don't want to exist like that. How many, how many children are sad and depressed and anxious and, and feel like nobody loves them in the world? And why, what's the point of living? And so I'm sorry, but I would rather save that child the pain of being, living in poverty and, and, and living in misery. And there's always going to be exceptions. There are families that live in poverty that are happy and flourishing and they just, they just do it well. Right. And that's incredible. 
but that's their choice. And I'm happy for their choice. And we have systems in this country that conservatives hate, that are safety nets to catch the people that are in poverty. Because our system and all the systems that have ever existed have always let people down. And they're like, well, it's personal responsibility. Fuck that. We are a culture that works together. We fall together. Or we catch the people and we take care of each other. Those are the realities. I hate this whole personal response. Of course there's personal responsibility. Well, you get to pick the career you choose. You get to pick pick what kind of stuff you're interested in. You get to pick the people that are around you eventually. You know, not your eventually, family. Yeah. But, but you get to pick, you know, who your friends are, what your family is like when you're an adult and stuff like that. So, yeah, there's a lot of personal responsibility. But at the end of the day, you guys really fucking complain when there's a bunch of fucking homeless people on the street, okay? These systems, when they are fed right, when they are, you know, when our tax dollars go into them properly, and there's not a bunch of people going, don't take my fucking money, taxes for the government, blah, blah, blah. I get it. But at the end of the day, if you have a house, if you have a roof over your head, even if it's an apartment, you have money and you are blessed not all of us are going to be blessed all the time. There are people that are super successful that get into shit, that lose their homes, and then they're homeless. My husband's been homeless. I've never been homeless because my parents, I don't know, they always took care of me, man. They still take care of me to this day. And I'd be lying to say my mom didn't help out. Yes. How many times have we been caught? Not everyone is that fortunate to have... To have parents, period, or to have parents that care that much to take care of them. Or not even that care that much, that have the means to be able to do so. Exactly. Yeah. And or, yes. Yeah. Well, so uh, I threw this out in the last podcast, too, because I was talking to the the guy I had in here, Brandon. He's very conservative. Yeah. So we had a big conversation about it. Um, Just so we're clear, I I I don't label myself. I don't put myself on either side of that or anything like that. I'm kind of a centrist. Yeah, I just I just feel like this. It's too weird to pick a side and just say you agree with all their shit. That doesn't make any sense. This There's isn't be football. Something. Yeah, this is this. Yeah, it's not a sports team you're picking. It's it, not how this works. So uh, that's my, what I don't like about bipartisan. Was like it, two. You're picking a side. There's got to be more options. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. There should be more options. I I actually I don't vote. I don't do any of that shit. I just yeah. uh, I do local stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel is more necessary, but uh, everything starts at a local level, yeah. So <laughs> he didn't like this at all, and I kind of wonder how other people even feel about it. He's the first one of the first people I talked about it with. Um, I think at puberty, um, men should be uh, have a vasectomy. Right, that's what I think. Uh, because at puberty, I know it's a little rough, right? Oh, I'm only grinning because I have um, similar extremist views about that. <laughs> well, so, so here's my deal. I've like, never heard anybody else suggest this, and it's like one of those things I don't bring up unless like, I know the person across from me isn't going to eat me alive for it. Well, so, so it's just cool to hear you say it's that. Just, it sucks because like, look what we're doing to women. Like... All the birth control they put in their so fucking bad. body. It's so bad so for you. Bad. Like, every single piece of it. And for condoms that work... 
It's Condoms all human work error, when man. they're supposed to, right? What happens if someone's poking holes in it or whatever? Like or now it you're... breaks. I've had a condom break or, on me. Or it breaks, right? There's so many ways for it to go wrong. I'm actually the product of a broken condom. Shout out to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> Going at it way rough. Human like error. That. What's yeah. up? <laughs> um, but no, so, so that would be the point. So at puberty, uh, when your testosterone levels hit a certain level, you would get a vasectomy. Um, once you get old enough, uh, after, after, I want to say 20, um, you can take a test. Uh, this is a, this is an intellectual and physical test to see if, first of all, you're smart enough to take care of another fucking human, uh, a financial test to see if you can support another fucking human, and then a physical test to see if you can keep up with it or, or whatever the fuck, right? I don't know why I threw physical in there, but... Yeah, maybe that one could be like an optional, but right because sure. vasectomies are reversible, and maybe it's not every fucking vasectomy is re- reversible. But oh, oh no, oh god, you know now that person can't have children. Which but at again, the end of the day, doesn't don't the testicles still produce sperm? So technically, couldn't you do in vitro? I don't. I don't know. Because I think they do. I think they still produce sperm. They're still in there. They just get absorbed into the body because right. you're not doing anything. Yeah, with because the uh, the tube that connects your sperm to wait. Yeah. Is it your semen? Your vas to... deferens. Yeah. Right. So the one that's cut. So when even after you have a vasectomy, you still come out yes, liquid. Yes, you still produce the liquid. It's just you don't have the swimmers. Right. So that's the only thing that's cut out. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why not. Yeah. If you want to have children that way and you can't get an un- an un and then do it like that because I just feel like that would cut back on so much shit. But then you're getting back into my body by choice again. Exactly. Like, can we say that we should do that with all boys when we can't say you can't have an abortion? Right? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's like this whole thing where, like, if you agree with one side, you can't agree with the other side. Right. No, I so mean, it's, it's, so it's just, hard. it's not plausible. Oh, well, and first of all, I, I'm getting a vasectomy in, like, June, right? So, sure. But as soon as I did, like, my, my father-in-law laughed at me. Oh, why would you do that? Well, I would never do that. First of all, you should. My balls are still there. Right. Well, no, this man should have got a vasectomy. This guy's one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever met in my life. And he's still trying to fuck girls younger than his daughter. Like, this is really disgusting. Gross. He's like 60-something. Yeah, get really get over you, right? You, you know, know what? I shouldn't say that. You know, people are going to do what well, they he's, do. He's married. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I, I just don't want to do the, like, the age judgment because at the end of the day, it's two consenting people. As long as you're not talking about a minor, they know what they're getting into. And I don't, whether they truly love that person or they're gold digging or whatever, that's their choice. And that's their choice. That's two people entering What I'm saying a, is he's married to another woman his age. Yeah, that's fucked up. And then he's still trying to fuck everything that walks. Yeah. It's not cool. Um, Morally very unsound, yes. But it's just, it's... How many men would even get a vasectomy? Like, now. Like, even men who've had children... They'd rather just make their girlfriend take, fucking have an IUD or, or get their tubes tied after the kid have. That's a fucking invasive as shit surgery. And that's not just that. It also pretty much forces the woman into uh, early menopause. My I actually have a friend who got it done recently, and she's uh, about six months younger than me. I'm turning twenty eight, so she would be almost twenty eight. She got it done when she was about twenty 
five or six, and she's going into menopause right now. Jesus. Yeah. That's not okay. Like, yeah. it, it's seriously, it's a 45-minute fucking procedure for a dude, and it's a two-week recovery, when after three days, you should be able to walk normally, Yep. but for two weeks, they suggest you're not picking up heavy shit. If you can't fucking handle that, you, you can't handle being a father to begin with. Right, but you know, for them, the the problem, the problem again is this um, hypermasculine bullshit that yeah. has been fed. It when I say fe- like when I talk about feminism, I always say true feminism, not the extremist bullshit, because we're not talking about hating men. True feminism, where it's just equality. Thank you. Yes, true fem- feminism that's just about equality is just as beneficial for men as it is for women. It is because feminism. It, kind of frees men from the expectation that they should open all the doors and they're the ones that always have to be chivalrous. In my opinion, chivalry shouldn't be dead. It should be both people, both parties right. participating in it, doing great things for each other, making each other feel good, making each other feel special and cute and attractive. Absolutely. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And so men in in a, an ideal, a, a feminist ideal society would not feel the need to exert themselves and make themselves out to be, like, the biggest, baddest motherfucker that's going to fight and protect and... Like, yes, protect, but you don't have to go out of your way to punch someone in the face to make it look like you're protecting your girlfriend behind you, and you don't have to, like, puff up and be this, like, big, scary badass to make your girlfriend be like, oh, my God, it's so attractive. Don't get me wrong, like, to some degree, there is that caveman mentality right. and cavewoman mentality where that is attractive, and I get it, but aren't we past that intellectually? Yes, I know. Primal shit. Just fight it. <laughs> like, well, fight to- it or, or just accept kind of what it is. That's what you got to do is that, that yes, you're always going to want like a, a guy that is there and, and can protect you yes. and all that other stuff. But that doesn't mean, again, he's got to be that fucking prick going out looking for a fight because you looked at his girlfriend. Exactly. Like, why can't you be the guy that's like, she is gorgeous, isn't she? Like, I see that's obviously why you're staring at her, right? Like, But cool it, bro. Like, Yeah, right. But like, if you touch her, I'm going to break you. Yeah, set you a know? boundary, but don't right. don't be like, oh, it's a fucking fight, bro. It's a yeah. fucking fight. There's no point in that. Yeah. So it's, uh, I get what you're saying, and, and I appreciate that too, because I grew up, uh, my mom, she's not as bad, but my aunt, huge feminist... But what that really means is she she hates men. Toxic femininity. Right. Yeah. So it's like, we don't talk about that very men often. Are, men are super terrible. Men hate men this, men that. Which I do get to an extent, right? Men have fucked some shit up because they took power over shit they shouldn't have had power over. And Mainly just women's bodies. Right. Yeah. They kept we, we manipulating were... it to their advantage. And it's, yeah. it sucks. But like, you're not going to fix it by hating them. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with fucking, like, I feel, like, racism and all that other stuff. You're not going to fix racism by being racist from your direction, too. Absolutely. But you have to understand something else. When we have these extremes, right, we're talking about, you know, patriarchal societies and white-driven societies where people and, uh, you know, people of color and or women, especially women of color, like, they were just, like, in the shitter. Like things were yeah. just really fucked up, and and, it, and, and the pendulum swings. You know, when we talk about extreme, <laughs> like one extreme situation, it has to swing in the opposite direction before it can level out. It's got to go back and forth a few times before it can really like get to the point of equality. And also, 
we were talking about science, like there's like a bunch of new studies about epigenetics, you know, certain. Um, what is that? So you've got, okay, I am super bad at explaining this. Okay. Well, but I thought just a general idea. Essentially, you've got your DNA and I don't remember what the term is. Uh, there's just little markers within your DNA um, that refer to like uh, being resistant to cancer. And if you have like a certain, there's like things that can kind of cover that marker and then you're no longer resistant to cancer. Like that would be like a bad version of it. And they're trying to do studies um, on epigenetics where they can like take away the, the cover okay. um, so that you can have that resistance back. I know it's kind of really dumbed down, like a very simple explanation. I just don't. Well, I no, just don't I, have I understand that. the science behind it. I get what they're trying to do because no matter what, it's it's basically basically helping evolution. Yes, and epigenetic epigenetics is actually how we evolve because um, essentially our experiences um, get coded into our DNA, and okay. then change it slightly, and then our children have a different experience. Like for example, like um, slavery. Um, this the suffering of African Americans is literally coded into their DNA. So when you hear, when you see this, this fury, this anger, this uh, what's what seemingly Whoa. like wow, like what even triggered that? Like that was so such a big reaction. They literally, it literally comes from a genetic grief, a genetic experience. I have never heard that before. That is fascinating. Intense. That's very intense. Yeah. So, like, like when we talk about. Um, extremism in, in reactions like feminist extremism like hating men that's kind of where that comes from wow wow okay fascinating it's stuff it's very fascinating yeah that, that is very interesting I mean I, I'm still to the point where um, I, I had children interracially right and yeah. to be honest when I was younger uh, I was more Hispanics than I had with anyways but mm -hmm. it was to the point where I was like I don't think I would ever have made a child with a white woman. Mm -hmm. uh, and my biggest thing was because I want greatness, right? And so I feel until our children are no longer separated by color, uh, I heard something, man, I, this is high school I heard this, but it was said in like 150 years, humanity will be gray. I don't and, know about gray, but right. But they were using it brown. as a, yeah. They were using it as a standard. It, it's a mix between uh, African American, like black, uh, Hispanic, brown, mm. and then white people, white. Right. So it, it's just a mix of and Asians, everything, and Asians. Right. The darker Asians, the lighter Asians, mm. just the colors. Right. It was a mix of all of them. If you were to put them all together, they turn out to be some sort of gray hue. Uh, that's what the, that was their point. The point was really what they were getting at was. Sure. That in 150 years, we wouldn't have race if we did it right. And how fucking amazing would that be? Yeah. We would have literally the best part of every single culture mixed in. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to make greatness. That's what's going to make human evolution its peak. Absolutely. Because, I mean, every, every culture, every ethnicity, was maybe the same thing. Ethnicity and culture, no, those are different. Um, race, all that stuff, have something different to offer. And uh, I feel like it's just, it's sad that some people think that it should go, you know, like whites with whites only, blacks with blacks only. Like, that's ridiculous. And You're... part of it is, like, part of that, again, tribalist mentality, you know, that served us for, for millennia, you know. When when we were just tribal, or when we were uh, tribes, small tribes, 
the neighboring tribes that looked slightly different were dangerous because we were feuding. We were constantly at war. And so those who looked different were scary because they would kill the children. They would take the women, you know, stuff like that. And so uh, back then, the stranger danger looks different, scary, bad served us. But now in today's society where we are a global economy, we're constantly traveling the whole like white skin means you live in the north kind of shit like it's really not as true anymore you know there's there's white people living down south there's there's people of color living up north we we get that it, it, we're getting more homogenized and so we need we need to stop thinking Sorry. that everything is like everything's black and white it's just it's not anymore well that that's where evolution comes in yeah we have I believe, gotten past that whole tribalism race bullshit. Well, we haven't is the problem. IQ-wise, we should be. I mean, I've lived in the United States for a long time, right? Where we're probably the biggest melting pot, I want to say. I mean, where else can you go in in any other countries where there's so much diversity? Is there other countries that are like that? Maybe I just haven't been there? Yeah. Honestly, I mean... A lot of countries are becoming very diverse like that. But I mean um, from so many different countries all in one place? Europe. Just because, you know, they have a similar pull. You know, people want to live there. There's it, it, there's that air of progressive, you know, we get opportunity kind of vibes from Europe. It's not okay. as strong as, you know, America. You know, the United States. It's just like that's just, you know, the, the whole point of the U.S., is that you can go make something of yourself and a lot of opportunity, bing, bam, you know. Right, if you pay fucking 20 grand to get your citizenship and wait five years and fucking get here the right way, which is fucking stupid expensive to begin with. Yeah, yeah, all that. And if you fuck up in any way during the course of all of this activity, we'll just throw you out. It doesn't matter. Oh, and just like that whole... Okay, this is what drives me the most crazy about the war on immigrants. Throwing out people, young people, that have lived in this country 20 years. They were probably born here, or maybe they weren't born here, but they came here as a baby or a toddler. And they've literally not experienced life in a different country in the way that they remember. Up until you're about, what, five or six, you don't really have memory of that that first stage of your life. Right. And you want to just throw them back to something they have no memory of, that they they have no experience with. A lot of these countries being dangerous, and that's kind of the reason their parents toss them over here with the, their last breath or, you know, their, their all of their efforts. I get it. I get it. You know, no entree, blah. It's like you've got this big mansion and these big fucking walls and... You know, other people coming in and trying to live in your mansion. How dare they? You know, you hell, you only have 20 bedrooms and you're using two and a half of them. But fuck <laughs> these people wanting to live in my fucking mansion. Right. Is basically America. So my ex was a, um, uh, what do they call them? Border babies. So uh, what that means is sh- her parents were elderly white people. They couldn't have kids. Uh, they didn't want to try anymore. They were hurting themselves, I guess. Sure. They drove down to Mexico, paid a young 16-year-old for their for her daughter, and just drove her back across the border. 
it's a baby in the back seat. The the fucking nobody checked the baby. Nobody did any of that shit. They drove back over here. She's lived her whole life here. They had her when she was three months old. Wait, how did how did they register her? Because there's, I mean, she's got to be in the books. Otherwise, how do you get? How do you go to the hospital? How do you get your vaccines? How do you go to school? She didn't. She wasn't quite aware of how all that was happening. It was just happening. Okay. Right? So, like... They could have just said, hey, I just gave birth to this kid, and, uh, like... Like a dark, dark brown baby, and they're, like, white, white people? Uh, we, uh... She's Aztec. So, like, she's fucking dark. Um, my husband is, uh, uh sterile, and I had He's to a use slut. a sperm donor. <laughs> you should see his dick. It's giant. That's why she's... Anyway, sorry. Um... <laughs> Uh, um, but anyway, but anyway, yeah. So at like fucking, I want to say 27, 28. Yeah. So this was about five years ago. Um, CPS, CPS, child protective services, ice, no ice, ice came up and, uh, we're trying to deport her. She's got two kids. She's married to a veteran and she had no fucking idea that all the stuff she was using was fake. She has no idea. So they were trying to arrest her because she voted. As a citizen of the United States. As a non-citizen of the United States. Oh. So she was a non-citizen. She voted as a citizen, right? Wait, wait, wait. But, but as far as she thought, she was born in this country. She and, thought that's her social and, and all that shit. she was a citizen to her knowledge. Right. So she had no fucking idea. And, and both her parents are dead. They were old when they got her. That she They died at like 23, 24 when she was there. So a couple years before that. So she has no fucking idea. And then Ice comes over and is like, no, we're going to deport you. She's like, what the fuck? I, like, she just had a baby like three months before they came over there. Like, yeah. So it was this huge fucking battle. And people got a hold of me and I was like, I fucking hate that bitch. But like, that sucks. You know, like, I feel bad anyways, even though, like, we didn't yeah, yeah. end very well. But you know? the differences aside, it's just right. empathy. Yeah. Well, at the same time, that, that's bullshit. And I knew her parents, and, like, as soon as that somebody said what happened, I'm like, that fucking sounds like them. Well, listen to this. So, I was not born in this country. Can't right. be president. That's a bullshit fucking rule. Um, that is a bullshit rule. It's a bullshit rule. You have to be born in this country? And you have to well, be, then... like, over 55 or 65 or some shit. No, no, no. It's, it's 35. You have to be over 35. That's Canada. No, no, no. 35 to be president here. Are you sure? Obama was like in his early 40s when he started. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Come on. Buddha ran. He's like barely a teenager. Come on. I don't know, He's man. so cute. Barely a teenager. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I want him for president, damn it. <laughs> Tired of looking at all these senile men, man. If you're a senile, oh, you should not be running a country. Am I the only person 35. Yeah. Am I the only person that's like, if 62 is the, or 62 or 63 is the legal age for a retirement, then maybe and that should be uh, across politics as well? This must have just changed, because, and you have to have been a, re- a resident for 14 years. Oh, really? So the 35 hasn't changed. It's been that way since I was in high school, at least, at least a decade. Um, I think that's been a rule for a long You're time. A resident though. for 14 years and 35, 35 years of age. Interesting. A resident, though. 
That's interesting. Must be a natural born citizen ah. of the United States, a resident for 14 years. Well, meaning, so if you're born in this country and you have citizenship, you have to at least live here 14 years. Got it. Oh. Got it. But you oh, still have fuck. to be, yeah, you still have to be born here. Natural That's born. That's dumb. It's totally fucked up. Nobody is, no nobody who is white, which is all of our presidents to date except Obama, nobody who is white is a natural, like, Yes, maybe they were born in their lifetime in this country, right? right. But their ancestors are from Europe, so are the only p- people that technically. What about George Washington? Did he come <laughs> over here? Yeah, man, he's white. He's super white. I know he's white, but like, if he was our first president, don't you think he came from Europe, right? Yeah. He came on the boats and shit. Yes. So who who made these rules, and then he doesn't get to be president? Strike, strike his fucking name. Well, that's like the first few presidents, actually. Well, then fuck them So all. this must have been like a newer rule. That doesn't Because count, that's man. a really great point. It's a really great point. Yeah. Well. Actually, hold on. I don't know. Was George Washington born here? God I'm not sure it. because you have to understand, like, the the first European settlers settled in, uh, they, they got here in like the 1400s. Late 1400s. Maybe 1500s. Thank so, you, Google. So maybe... Maybe they were born here. We don't know that. Because by the time yeah, independence came around, born 1776, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> we just need to pay a little more attention in history class, I guess. Yeah, I, I almost thought you made a good point there. <laughs> I was excited for it. Oh, damn it. No, it does make sense because, you know, independence was 1776. We'd already been here at least, you know, two or three hundred years as settlers. But again, my point is, it's just, it's fucked up. Because the whole point of America is that we're this melting pot where people come for opportunity. So why then do none of those people count as competent, considered to be competent leaders, essentially? I keep saying, make it easier for them to be citizens. Then, instead of using all these fucking tax dollars... To get them the fuck out of here or put them in jail or whatever the fuck you're doing. Yeah, but jails are private and so that's a business, okay? Well, that's the problem with... Him. See, I I like capitalism. I don't think capitalism is evil. Yeah. I think it makes us competitive. But in my personal opinion, I think that having a society that is a balance of capitalism and socialism, socialism meaning to catch the people that the capitalism leaves behind, um, it's really important. I also think we need to up the ante on the education in this fucking country because yeah. people are stupid and it's because they're keeping us that way as yep. a general public and it's because it's easier to control the masses. Oh my God, here come the conspiracy theories. It's not a conspiracy theory. I feel this one hard. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's easier to control the masses if they're, you know, undereducated. And do you, do you understand that there is a percentage of people in this country, this country of supposed opportunity, this country of supposed greatness, and there are there are a percentage of people here that are illiterate, cannot read or write. How? Yeah. How? It's a public school Fantastic system. question. Public school system that is, um, for the most part... Uh, kind of left up to the states to decide, some of which are very, very, very deeply conservative and Christian, and and still preach in schools that some science is invalid because it doesn't co- it doesn't coincide with what it says in the Bible. You can't do that. They can, and they do. What states do that? That's fucking dumb. There's states still doing that. 
There are states that literally use textbooks that have incorrect history in them. Like, about the Civil War and how things went and what actual sides were and stuff like that. I've heard about that. Sure. That's not the only thing. Like, there's other, there's other fallacies and in, in, inaccuracies in these textbooks. And they're using them to teach people. And then you wonder why people have these extremist opinions. Because they were literally taught inaccuracies in school so that they could be manipulated. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I just, uh, I'm sorry to, like, make this fully, fully political, but... No, dude, yeah. don't. This is, uh, this is what I'm saying. This is what we do. We just get somebody going, and you find out who they are and what they're about, and it's, it's pretty fantastic. You know, you get a lot of different opinions and, and all that other shit. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of, I will definitely fight for my point of view in every way, shape, or form. But if you got something better... I'm always up to listen and learn. You know what I mean? Because that's that's what we should be doing as humanity. Figuring out the best possible way and methods of doing things and doing that. But Don't the, Not just yeah. sticking to something because your fucking ego says to. But the other problem is that people have been taught by, oh God, especially the media, the entertainment, that we, we just manja all fucking day. Manja, and, manja, manja. Yeah, yes, and, and like the social media and everything. And we're just taught... That everything needs to be dramatic and loud and angry. Like everything that's not what you think is the enemy, essentially. And so when you have that, like that's what is taught to you as a behavior. Yeah, of course. Of course people are just going to like insult each other rather than listening to each other. Right. And I feel like as soon as someone says something that you don't agree with, a lot of the times you just shut down. And even if you're not screaming back at them, you're not listening. And it's stupid. Mel Robbins, phenomenal woman, very intelligent. Um, she has this amazing uh, TED Talk and a, a YouTube video. I'm not sure. They, they kind of work together um, where she talks about the art of listening. And you, you can even take away the argument concept like where people are just like insulting each other and like talking over each other and stuff like that. If people are just talking about normal day-to-day life and they're not even like at odds with each other they're just having a conversation people do not listen to listen they to hear to truly hear what they're the, the person is saying they listen to respond and when i heard this and she explained it and i'll go on in just a second but when i heard this i was like oh my god i absolutely fucking do this <laughs> At least you can admit it. I, as soon as you said it, I was like, fuck, I do that sometimes too. Right, but she described it. She's like, you're just talking with someone and they say a sentence and halfway through their sentence you get a thought about how you're going to respond. And either you blurt it out instantly and interrupt them or the better part of the non-listeners will just hold on to the idea in their heads and no longer listen to the end of the fucking sentence. Which could have, you know, added some idea that changes your response, but they didn't hear it. And so they're just, like, waiting to say the shit that they wanted to say. That's interesting. Rather than listening to the end of the sentence. So what I started doing is when I would get that blurty ADHD thought, I would let it fucking go. And I would listen to the end of their sentence be like, huh, interesting, okay. If that thought doesn't come back to me at the end of their sentence, it wasn't important enough. Okay. And then people feel heard. 
appreciated. I, I find myself pausing. Even in the middle of my sentences, I find myself pausing so that I can, I don't know, almost savor the things that I'm saying. Or, at the end of the day, honestly, I, I, I'm okay with being interrupted every once in a while. If it's like an addition or a support or even if it's like a slight retort, as long as it's not constantly like that. But, but I pause for effect and I pause for, for like deeper thought. And that lady changed my fucking life. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, the, the art of communication is definitely its own, its own art form. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty crazy to, to think about the little things we do. And, and I, I'm, I'm pretty big about every once in a while I'll cut somebody off in the middle of their sentence and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, I definitely have gotten way better. And uh, I think this podcast actually really helped a lot because I like interviewing people, right? So, like, this whole episode is about you and your views. Yeah. And, of course, I'm going to be here to tell you how I feel about them and, and kind of conversate about those topics. But it's definitely helped me sit back, listen to what people are saying, and really get the full idea behind their thoughts and their, their words versus... <coughs> Just doing that, that whole listening to respond. So, yeah, I gotta do that. Mel something? Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. I can send it to you. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's really cool. She's also got some mad ADHD. (laughs) Yeah. And she just, um, she's got this uh, phenomenon uh, that she developed, that she decided. I don't know if she heard about it from somewhere. It's been so long that I've watched this that I don't I don't remember, but <clears throat> called the five second rule. <coughs> Sorry, I swallowed some of that. Get You're good. <coughs> don't worry. <coughs> you need Heimlich or anything? No, I'm good. Okay. <coughs> Sugar doesn't help. <clears throat> it doesn't. It makes it sticky. But anyway, <coughs> five second rule. Yeah. Um, because she was struggling with depression and anxiety and even getting out of bed <clears throat> some mornings. And she would just not do the things that she wanted to do. She was too anxious, too scared, yada yada. <clears throat> and she developed this five second rule um, where if she wanted to do something, she thought about doing the thing that she wanted to do. She would count down from five and then just fucking force herself to do it. Because in those five seconds, like when you're talking about making a decision and you're like, you know, I I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know where to go. I don't know what move to make. If you count down from five and at the end of the five seconds, you just go with the one that you're thinking about. That's probably the right choice. Most of the time. You're just overthinking it. If you just don't give yourself the time to overthink it, your brain will choose the right decision. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. So I developed a, a while ago. Uh, I have ADHD really badly, and I feel like with that comes that overthinking. Yes. Because our minds work so quickly that it's just it can think of so many different scenarios <laughs> so fa- so fast that it just it's relentless. You know. So I started doing I don't know about a five second rule, but I always just go with the first thing that comes to mind because <clears throat> it may be wrong, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing something. But you also have to know, like, 
wrong according to what? Because at the end of the day, most of these decisions are just what's best for you, what you want to do the most. Right. Especially with ADHD, our, our minds, rather than being driven by priority, like most people's, like a, a, neuro, uh, a neurotypical brain would do things based on how important they are. For us, ADHD brains, the way that, uh, that our brains develop, the way they're wired is all interest based. So you're going to do whatever the fuck you want. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, yeah. 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 And like if, if someone forces you to do something that you're not interested in, no. you're, you're going to sit there. You're not going to absorb a single ounce of it. Mm-hmm. You're going to be disrespectful and, uh, you know, you're going to blurt things out and, and constantly interrupt and be a dick, essentially. So, like, <clears throat> essentially, the five-second rule, uh, we're ADHD brains, and honestly, like, neurodivergent brains in general, um, autism and all that, they, they work, uh, well, I don't want to say everyone works best under pressure, but especially ADHD people work best under pressure oh, yeah, so when you give your brain the five second rule or you say knee jerk that's it and yeah. that's your limit that's pressure yeah you're working best under pressure is essentially what you're not giving your mind enough time to fuck you yeah that's a good way of putting it for real i mean i just i don't know how many times i've, I've gotten a bunch of stuff <laughs> done and and uh just because during that time i was like you're just gonna do it yeah. do it whatever comes to mind that's what we're gonna do we're gonna do it immediately but then there's those times where I'm not doing that and I get nothing done because I've been con- concerned about one thing the whole time. And then I start working on that one thing. Even if I'm working on that one thing, well, well, I need to set this up first before I do that. Then I start setting this up and then I start doing something else over here and then something else over here. I never even get to that other fucking thing mm-hmm. because I'm like working on all the other things to get ready to maybe do that thing. And it's Mentally. Just, right. Yeah. Right, and it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's like this big fucking lockdown. If you let your brain do the thing where it's like, no, we're not going to do that thing, it will just never do that thing. Right. It'll just, it'll find every other thing to do. Things that you didn't give a shit about five seconds ago, it'll find shit for you to do so that you can avoid that big thing that scares you. Right, that's why I work really good with, I know they're empty, but I do it every morning. I'll, I'll come out here and I write my list. All the stuff I have to get done for business, and then all the stuff I have to get done for chores, yeah. like normal shit. And I just, I write them by priority, what has to get done first to what matters least. Yeah. And then I start on my business side, <clears throat> and I just cross them out, all the way down. Like, that's it. This is what I'm doing when I get up in the fucking morning, and I do it. Because if I have time to think about it, or whatever the fuck, nothing will ever happen. So I call it my first in ten, right? So... I wrote the 10 most important things down and I just fucking go for it. Like, these aren't suggestions. This is what's happening yep. right when I get up. And it is it is so helpful. Absolutely. I do the same thing with notepads. I love, like, small notepads. Not the, the big, like, full letter, like, 8x11s. Like, the little guys. Yeah. And I will just write my list out. Um, and at the end of the day, sometimes, like, sometimes I struggle with feeling like I did enough. Um, and I, yeah. it's something that me and my female friends, like, we really, like, share this, like, fear that we're not doing enough. Like, we're not productive enough. We're not successful enough, yada, yada. And so at the end of the day, sometimes I'll even just write out, because sometimes I will go off and I will do things that I've been avoiding, things that I just noticed that have, need to be done that aren't on my list to do yet. And I will accomplish a ton of stuff. And so I will go back and remember, that, like, each individual thing that I did and I'll write it down and feel super successful. Like it'll, it'll help alleviate some of my anxiety. 
So yes, I do to-do lists and I do shopping lists. Lists are lifesavers yes. for ADHD. Yeah. Writing things down. Excellent. Yeah. Um, but on the, on the flip side, writing down all the things you accomplished just kind of goes, hell yeah, man, I slayed today. Cool. Interesting. Confidence boost. So I usually, like, they're empty right now, but that's because I cross them out as I go. Yeah. And then I wipe it when I'm done. But how many more things do you do than the things that were on your to-do list in a day? I guess that's fair. That'd be nice. Yeah. Especially with ADHD, because you're, like, doing circles around your house. Yeah, I'm doing this one thing, but, man, I just got, like, three things done while I was doing that because I multitask, because I get bored. (laughs) Wow. No, that's very smart. That would make me feel better about myself. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, you're looking around and your house is still kind of messy because you're cleaning up after dogs and kids and family and and it's not always going to be perfect. In fact, it's almost never is going to be perfect. And you're going to look around and you're like, what the fuck did I even get done today? You sit down, you write your fucking list. You're like, all right, all right, you know what? I'm not an asshole. I'm not an asshole. I'm not a piece of shit. I'm not a piece of shit. Stop talking badly to yourself. You're going to do great tomorrow. You did great today. Just pat yourself. Yes, good job. Good job. I love I love the face pat. That was that was that was the perfect thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to make a point earlier. Ooh, We're talking it, about immigration. It. Like you made a great point that like it, it's in, near impossible. Like the system of immigration. The only right? reason I know so much is with my wife. Yeah. I had to get her. Um, citizenship residency yep citizenship yep. all that shit it cost me almost 20 fucking grand and like it was a bitch it took five years she had to pass a test knowing more shit about the country than i fucking do yeah and like, now imagine if your kid was also born in another country and like both you and your wife are immigrants and you have to go through all of that and your yeah. wife no, by the way like if you're both immigrants both you and your wife have to go through That's the 40 test. Grand. Yeah. Yeah. And all that shit. So my mom didn't do it until last year and we've been here since 01. Wow. She's been very resistant. She's uh, with learning the language and with uh, becoming, yeah, just the whole thing. She's like, fuck these Americans. They don't appreciate anybody. They don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. Blah, 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 blah. The whole thing with the language. I, I love my mom for this, honestly, because part of, part of my personality is because she was so. I don't know. She just, she was for herself before anyone else, except my dad. She loves my dad to a fault, but, and me, of course, but, like, the philosophy was always, if the Americans want to understand me, they fucking will. And they did. It's true. It's absolutely true. She has broken English. Like, she speaks English, but it's broken. And most people, most Americans feel very entitled, and they'll be like, wow, she can't even learn language. She's in this country. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Fucked up attitude. Yeah, that's stupid. It really is. Your grandparents are from Italy. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, um. <laughs> and do you speak Italian? No, then you're an idiot. You should have learned Italian from your grandparents. Why? I live in America. We speak English here. That's fucking dumb. That's the concept. Yeah. That's the perception. That's the fucked up attitude of America that we're the best and everyone else should uh, swing to our comfort. Oh, fuck that. Yeah. But, you know, that's why she was so pissed all the time. She's like, no, they want to understand me. And the people that wanted to understand my mom, that wanted to be friends with her, that appreciated her and cherished her, understood her and her broken English. And it's very true. Um, But, yeah, up until about last year, she was like, 
I don't even know if I want to stay in this country or be a citizen. Why would I do all that effort? And like, the citizenship test is difficult for American-born people. Um, (laughs) Because... Nobody knows history. Like, I'm sorry, but like people, no, the education don't. level is so low in this Not country. To mention, like, who's the fucking national treasurer right now? Yeah, I don't fucking know. Why would I know that? Like, that's my thought on that. But they have to know, and they have to understand. Like, they have to, with their broken English, they have to sit there and comprehend a complex question in our language. Things that don't come up in everyday life. Nobody fucking talks about. And can we go over the, the fact that the difference English... between like co- Congress and and whatever the the, the Senate. Senate and stuff like that? Nobody fucking talks about that. Um, people born in this country sometimes don't know the difference. Oftentimes, don't know the difference between Senate, Congress, uh, House of Representatives. Um, you don't need to explain it to me. I don't care enough to figure it out. Otherwise, I would have. Should I care? I mean. No. I, 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 I think I think knowing the way I think knowing the way the 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 systems in place work, um, I just feel it benefits like you eventually. At that, yeah. at that point, past uh, state level, um, you're just looking at a bunch of fucking douchebaggy old people that'll never fucking leave, even if you paid them to, because that's what we do. We pay millions of dollars to fucking sit in chairs. They don't give a fuck about you. They care about themselves and their money and their their aspirations, but. Um, essentially, uh, but you have to understand, like, the representatives, House of Representatives, like, those represent each state, like, that is state level. That's, that's where state gets into federal. And that's where what you, who you put in those positions makes a difference on the federal level. Are those termed? I can't remember which... Which stations don't have term limits. But, yeah, there are certain ones that don't have term limits. Yeah. Those ones, I don't like those ones. Well, I mean, I just I just think it's absolutely blasphemous that we have any position in government that doesn't have a term limit. Yeah. I'm talking, like, superintendents of schools, like school districts included. They should have term limits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you're... Because I'm not just talking about the the chance that exponentially rises that that person becomes um somehow influenced in a negative way you know and essentially bribed bought and bullshit bullshit you know what i'm talking about like they become broken after after a certain amount of years um but in addition to that you're losing out on the opportunity to have new fresh ideas in that office Very true. One person should not be in the same place for that fucking long in government. There's just... I I like the 35-year minimum simply because you gotta, you gotta mature a little bit before you can run a country. Even on... Even running, like, in, in a small way. You know, even if you're a representative or... A mayor or something. I think it's 35 just, is fine. Yeah. I, it was when I thought it was like 50-something that I was pissed off. No, 35. Yeah. Okay. It's pretty good. Um, because you know, when you're younger, you've got all that all that bullshit teenage energy that's like, I know everything. Fuck your opinions. Blah, blah, blah. That just definitely needs to dissipate before you have any kind of fucking power. Right. But you also 
a 35-year-old still got that fucking I want to change the world in a good way. Exactly. Mentality. They They've still got some stimulus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Zest for life. Zest for life. I like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, well, like, back to the, we keep segueing, it happens. Um, it, what I'm, what I'm getting at with the immigration thing is, uh, when my dad, uh, became a citizen, I became a citizen. He made it that way. Oh, interesting. because um, okay. I was under 18. I, I think at the time when he became a citizen, I came here when I was six, so plus five, I was about 11 or 12 probably. Okay. When he finalized and got his, his shit taken care of. They gave him a naturalization certificate. And we got passports and everything, but they never gave me a naturalization certificate. So I have my U.S. passport, and I have my Social Security, and under all of those things, I'm labeled as a citizen, yes. But what if, like, the system explodes, and I lose all of my passports, and, I, well, I mean, I, I only have one valid one. I can't remember if they gave me my, my child passport back or not. But my point is, let's say I lose my fucking password, pass, passport and I don't have a naturalization certificate. It costs me $1,200 to get one. And they never gave me one in the first place when I was naturalized. Did you ask them about that? Well, apparently, like, I don't know if it was just like they don't give them out to under 18 year olds or something like that. But it makes no sense. If I was naturalized and I'm a citizen, why did you not provide me that document? Why do I have to pay $1,200 in your broken system where, like, people can barely afford to live? So how am I supposed to shell out $1,200 fucking dollars for a piece of fucking paper that tells me that I'm a naturalized citizen? That's nuts. When you never provided it in the first place. And they're like, well, just is what it is. And I'm like, bat your dick around. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. That sucks. But no abortions at a federal level. Huh. On a federal level, no abortions, but I can hardly live, and you won't give me a naturalization certificate even though you never gave it to me in the first place. But, but, but people shouldn't be allowed to save themselves from extreme poverty by having many children. <laughs> yeah. A thousand dollars on top of your living expenses per child, average. And I'm sure that's more now with, with, with uh, inflation and everything, but... Is that a month? Yeah. Per month. Per kid. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's That's if you don't send them to the fancy school that actually teaches them things unlike our public education system. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. But no abortions. Like, I get it. Don't use it for birth control. But you know what? At the end of the day, I just feel that people should just be allowed to make their own fucking choices. What is it about... I just don't get what it is about wanting to control women's bodies so much. Like, oh, don't, don't kill don't kill that baby. It's literally a cluster of cells. I'm sorry. I know. I'm so fucked up. I, I'm not. I just don't see it as what they're making it out to be. Like showing all these pictures of of dead babies, like full-formed, like... First of all, uh, we're talking about like late-term too, late-term abortions. Um, I want to meet the woman. I want to meet the woman that at like seven, eight, nine months is like, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought about it, but I'm fucking kind of done with this shit. I don't even want this baby. I don't want to take care of it. I don't want to wait for it to be fully, like, developed and born to give it up for adoption. I just want to kill it now. No. I'm sorry if she exists. She's one, one, one single, maybe two people in the world that are psychotic like that. This, this, this pushing of this, this complete, complete fallacy that there's these women that are just like fucking full time aborting their babies and they're born alive and they're like killing them. No, I'm sorry. If a woman is aborting a baby late term in the last trimester, it's because either it's threatening her life or the baby isn't going to make it out alive or the baby's going to make it out alive and it's going to die within minutes or hours or days of being born. Okay. So at that point, we're saving trauma. That's what most late-term abortions are. Interesting. And and so, it's just... That's just one of those things that I'm like, come on, you guys. Just this, let's, let's, let's stop this. Like, wh- why is it any of your business? If you have religious beliefs, apply it to your family. Apply it to your congregation. Apply it to your community if you want. But at the end of the day... It's their personal business. And at the end of the day, it's not affecting you at all. If they're going to go to hell for aborting their baby, which, by the way, nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible. He literally says, like, life life happens at first breath, I'm pretty sure. Somewhere in the Bible, more or less, like, ad-libbed. It says something like that. So, fine. They're going to go to hell. But... Your religious beliefs, there's a separation of church and state for a reason, okay? You can't, it gets really muddy when you, when you muddle that, you know, (laughs) for lack of a better word, a little redundant, but you can't tell people what to do based on your religious beliefs. That's why we left England. That's why we left a lot of European nations and came here and started in the new world was because that, and that's the whole reason that's what our forefathers wrote the constitution about and why they gave religious freedom, freedom of religion in our constitution, why there are amendments in our constitution. What is an amendment? A lot of people do not know what that word means. An amendment is kind of like in a contract. You wrote a contract, you wanted to change some things. You write an amendment with those changes. Everyone in, in the contract signs Etc. Like in real estate, you know, inspection addendum, all of those things. Like those are basically amendments. They're additions that people have to agree on. Yes. In order for it to be added, yeah. Exactly. So the forefathers literally said, essentially by creating the ability to amend the Constitution, they were saying we cannot apply what we what we appreciate today to the future. The future is uncertain and things will change and perspectives will change. People will change. So this constitution, this document has to be a living, breathing document that can change with history. Interesting. Okay. And yet even then, even when they were religious, they had their beliefs. Even then they said freedom of religion and and all that shit. So, So you can't force your religious beliefs on others. You can't create federal laws based on your fucking religion. I'm sorry. Especially with science today. 
I, and don't get me wrong, science is not black and white, you know, truth constantly. But it's truth until it's disproven with facts, with solid, tangible information. Absolutely. Science is changing this entire world and it's doing it quickly. And it's not because that shit doesn't work. People aren't fucking stupid. They're, they're running a hypothesis. They're going through it. They're proving it correct <clears throat> with the amount of facts they have. And if you want to dispute that, the good thing about science is they say, please do. Show me it's wrong and let's see how we can get to a better course of action through a different way. It's smart. But uh, people really are just taking advantage. You know, taking words like... So I don't know why I'm throwing out all that shit over there. Um, I'm pulling this whole fucking seam out. Oh, well. So, uh, it's crazy because you're saying everybody has to separate state and religion, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that doesn't make any sense why you would think one thing's going to work for everybody. Because if it all worked for everybody, wouldn't there be only one religion? It's just there's too much gray area. When we're talking about abort- abortive care, it's not just abortive care. It's reproductive health care. A lot of these clinics are offering, are offering you know, uh, birth control and teaching people about their bodies and ca- taking care of people when they have illnesses like STDs and stuff like that. It's not just abortive care. And you're nixing. You're just like taking all the money away and the funding away and the the legality away from these clinics just because they're doing one service when they're offering a an entire array of services that are so necessary to the 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 thriving of our communities well you know what's crazy um i've been to el salvador a couple times and uh andrea andrea's my wife her cousin is a huge activist down there um, she's going to be a politician. She's going to change that fucking country and it's going to be great. Awesome. Uh, but like one of their biggest things is abortion's not really a big thing down there. No. It's just expensive and it just doesn't happen. Right? If it does, it's like with a hanger kind of shit, right? Not necessarily because Bulgaria was like that around the time that I was born and my, uh, uh I don't want to get too far into it, but people were having normal abortions. Just, you know, hush, hush. So they're available, but it's it's not it's not as available. It's significantly more expensive when it's black market. It's not as um, it's not as attainable for the majority of people because they can't afford it. Well, her biggest thing was um, she was she was going really big on this whole people having kids because they're not taught sexual education. Correct. And so you got like 14, 15 year olds getting pregnant and just staying absolutely poor. Because they don't go to school, they don't do any of that shit. Like so, they're just hanging out. They go to work. They hang out with their friends afterwards, and they get they get each other pregnant. So they're literally just going from town to town, teaching sexual education and giving out condoms. Some of these kids don't even know what a fucking condom is. Well, not like uh, that. Uh, that actually reminds me of this uh, musical that I was in. Awesome musical. Uh, it's okay. called Spring Awakening. It's uh, I can't remember which century in Germany. Uh, it's staged in, but essentially, um, I, I played the main, main female character and I, in the first scene, I asked my mom, like, where do babies come from? And she's like, the stork, the stork. And like, I can't talk to you about this. And, and I'm like begging her. I'm like, tell me mom, like, what is this? I need to know. I'm like 16 in this, in this show. And she 
puts her skirt over my head while my head's in her lap. And she's like, well, would a man and a woman really love each other? And she literally never even really, really gets to the point. She just kind of gets flustered and kind of like stumbles over her words and gets nothing out. And I'm still like, mama, like, what the fuck? Like, tell me. She's like, nope, nope, that's it. Uh, they get married and poof and some shit like that. And my character ends up essentially in the original book, she gets raped. Um, in the Broadway show, it's, uh, you know, PG'd a little bit. And uh, she just kind of has sex, but it's like kind of consensual, but like she doesn't know what's happening. She has no idea what will happen as a result and shit like that. And it's it's a whole traumatizing thing. But um, she, sounds traumatizing. she ends up getting pregnant and is like throwing up. And her mom's like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? And then, like, has an aha moment. Okay. And is like, what have you done? Starts blaming the daughter. And the daughter's like, what did I do? I don't even know. Like, what did I do? And this is, like, what's happening in, you know, some some cultures. And and honestly, sometimes even in the United States. Because people are so up in arms about... Children knowing about sex. I'm sorry, but the second that girl bleeds, which a lot of girls between the ages of 9 and 12, the second that girl bleeds, she needs to know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Because kids, kids as young as second grade, kids as young as kindergarten, when they are together and alone without parents, start pulling down pants and seeing each other's private parts and being like, whoa, that's cool. Not knowing what the fuck it is or how, like, da-da-da-da-da. But once you get to the age where guys can have erections and, and come and, and it's, it's early, you know? And it gets earlier the more uh, the more meat with hormones that we're eating. That's actually one of my points, yeah. Yeah. It, that then is a living, breathing, reproductive human being and you're telling me that they're too young to know what the fuck their parts do and what the result of that that action is? Blasphemy. Yeah. Like, fucking, you know, you're I, just doing young people a disservice. I have quite a few people who don't like the way I, I teach my kids. And, and I like, I'm very open, you know. And I, I am, I'm a very sexual person already. And I'm not going to hide that from anybody, especially my kids, too. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not being fucking weird with my no. kids, right? But at the same time, like, like, if you have a question, feel free to ask me. Because like, uh, I know your peers are talking about it and they're probably giving you inaccurate information because they're dumb kids. Right. Or, like, my son gets his phone, and he'll sit in the bathroom for a half an hour. And I'm like, clean up? Can you clean up and get the fuck out of here? You know? Like, I need you to do some shit, right? Like, it, he's a 14-year-old boy. I know what the fuck you're doing in there. It's not a big deal, right? He goes on a date. Right? He walks some girl home. I'm just like, if you're going to fuck her, wear a condom. You know? And he doesn't want to hear that shit. Like, he doesn't want to hear that coming from me. But I'm like, look, if you don't... Here's what's going to happen. You're either going to get her pregnant or you can get an STD. Now, there's a smaller potential of neither of those things happening, but you're 14. You don't know how to hold it back early. Well, assume those two things are going to happen, right? Because there's a good chance that they could. Higher probability because you're a teenager and you don't know how to track those things. Well, and you're taking that chance when you have sex. That's No matter how experienced you are. But the, the, the thing is, the probabilities are higher when you're young because you're inexperienced. Because you don't know 
like when you're gonna come, man. Like people are pre-ejaculating all the time, and and the other thing is, it, women. Where? How many women of adult age, adult re- like like we're talking twenties and thirties? How many women know exactly how to track their cycle? Know when they just ovulated? Know when they are fertile? When what the window is for fertility? You know, every month and when that falls exactly. I'm going to tell you, even the women that are tracking their cycles, even the women that are trying to use tracking as birth control are not necessarily doing it accurately because it's extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of factors in it. I mean, unless you're having it the same time every, the same day every month. Which nearly never happens. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck are you going to do that? Your body doesn't run on our calendar. You know? Not to mention every ounce of stress as a woman that you take in could either prematurely start your period and your ovulation or could... Set it back? Yeah, absolutely, by a lot. Sometimes skipping it altogether. Oh, that's not stressful. If you're, if you're, more, if you're, if you're stressed enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah just, so just create a whole new fucking shitty party on, on your days... Yeah. On that time. Yeah, man. Now, PMS isn't enough. Let's put pregnancy scares in there. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Jeez, man. It's a lot. It so, is. give them information for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, I actually just had a conversation with my daughter today. Probably about an hour before you got here. Uh, she's putting away the dishes and she's a TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm looking through a TikTok and she's starting to do this whole she did one where she's like well, don't worry, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a baddie. And she's like in in just normal clothes. She closes the door, opens it, and she's wearing like this tube top and, and all this other shit saying she's a baddie. And she's acting all like very sexual. And I'm like, you're fucking 10 years old. And I know that doesn't mean much to you right now because you don't quite understand what's going on. But like, she's got like three, four hundred followers. There could be adult men on here watching these for the complete wrong reasons. And I know that sucks, but it's reality. You You have to know that there are predators. Are they the minority? Absolutely. Right. Even if we're talking about like the Me Too movement and everything, right? Even if we took away that like college rape, like if we got that rape culture shit under control and men, normal men didn't rape and always asked for consent and we had that good safe structure there would still be predatory people that are mentally unstable and unhealthy that are there will always be there i want to know why there's 40 year old men following my 10 year old you know what i mean that's what i want to fucking know what the fuck's wrong with you you didn't even live around here what do you it's predatory you, that's gross it's predatory yeah but if you have 400 plus followers what teenage girl is going to sit there and have time and she's not even a teenager yet. But what what young girl is going to have time to sit there and scroll through and, like, vet these kinds of things? Right. Like, check this guy's profile. Whoa, gross. You're old? What are, and the, the, the other problem is the culture. More followers is good. It's kind of like the Trump concept that all publicity is good publicity. Right. And so, and yeah, I mean, it's good that you're like bringing a, this stuff up to her. Like the other day she posted a, a video of her in her soccer uniform. Which, that's cool. I'm glad you feel comfortable about that. But you got to understand, it also says exactly where you're from right here now. So these people who don't know where you live can track you down now. You know what I mean? Like, it, oh, yeah, look, Washington. it says Washington Timbers. You can fucking put that on WWE, you know. There are Washington crazy Timbers. people in the world. Yeah, 
I needed to understand that fact. And, and it's not that I'm... That's the hard part is I want to get that across where I'm like, I'm looking out for you because I need you to understand it. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also not trying to be like, you know, like. I'm not trying to rain on your parade. Right. I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to show you how to keep yourself safe. Yeah. And it's fucking bullshit to me that I have to keep, I have to keep a, a part of my daughter's mind fixated on the fact that there may be someone out there trying to rape you. Or hurt you or kill you. All these other things. Just because you look right? like their mom and their mom was abusive. Okay, Ted like, Bundy was just, fucked up. What right? the fuck? Like, why is... Why do I got to deal with that with my daughter? You know, like... But, like, you have to understand... It's because there are people who think... Like, there are people who abuse people and their children, right? Like, aggressively abuse. Like, beat the crap out of them. Break their bones kind of abuse. And then those people turn into Ted Bundy. Do you know that Ted Bundy literally didn't murder a girl once? Because on the day that he was going to murder her, she cut her fucking hair. And she didn't look like his mom as much anymore. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. She was in his car and he was mad that she cut her hair. So angry that he didn't kill her. Yeah. What a fucking weirdo. Kicked her out of his car or something like that. Something like that. That's intense, man. Okay, so like, there's some weird fucked up people on this planet. And there's always going to be those people. Because people are imperfect. Parents are imperfect. Parents get stressed out, they get drunk, they have their their, uh, addictions and their issues, they take it out on their kids, and those fucking kids take it out on other people. Whether they're bullying them, or whether they're they're killing them, it is, you know, a question of where they're at mentally, um, and what they're they're up against mentally, you know, because everyone's got some mental condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I, I think that everyone needs to understand, is that uh, I'd say just about everyone has some sort of mental condition. And I get a little upset when people say on the spectrum, like for autism. Mm. I feel like there's one spectrum for fucking everybody. It just depends on where the fuck you're at on it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I think that autism is just a little more to this side of the spectrum. And then you just got people who are. Just about there, but not enough to be considered part of the spectrum. You're still on the fucking spectrum. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird, man. Well, and you can have... The other thing is, uh, you don't just have one condition. Some people have uh, compounding um, things on top of each other. So you could have autism and ADHD. You could have um, ADHD and um, oftentimes uh, ADHD people, um, if not guided... Um, in a healthy manner can easily develop mood disorders such as bipolar or multiple personality disorder or other things. Bipolar is a really common one or, uh, or borderline personality disorder are pretty common um, ones that couple with ADHD at times or are confused um, one, one, one or the other for each, whatever, vice versa. Um, ADHD people get misdiagnosed with mood disorders all the time um, because a lot of the symptoms are so similar. I also have a lot of OCD mm-hmm. stuff going on, too. Yeah, OCD, I feel like, can be a little over-diagnosed, um, much like um, yeah. ADHD also can be a little over-diagnosed. No, I, I understand I'm... that, too, because I always get a little upset sometimes when... Like, I can tell you have ADHD, but there's some people that I feel like use it as just a... I feel like people do that with everything, though. You Escape know what I mean? Depression, excuses. anxiety... 
ADHD, autism, yeah, all that shit. But the, the 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 main problem is that there's still really not enough resources. Um, it's still very expensive to get mental health care, um, and when you don't have the proper tools and the knowledge base, the the information, the teachings to understand what's going on in your brain, why you are the way that you are, it's easy to make excuses and it's easy to get overwhelmed by your own thing because at the end of the day, yes, some of them are excuses, some people are lazy, but uh, the majority of the time, my like ADHD is really overwhelming. Um, it can it can really affect your um, emotional hyperarousal. Like you could just get like set uh, triggered really easily, have these huge reactions. Um, obviously a lot of the times they're very socially inappropriate reactions. Like I, I have literally had what looks like a small child's temper tantrum with screaming and like throwing myself on the ground because of how triggered I felt by some bullshit that happened. Um, and aside from that, it's also, you know, uh, there's this concept of um, ADHD paralysis, whether it's physical or mental, where you're just sitting there and you get stuck thinking about all the things you have to do and you can't move a fucking muscle. Or you just find everything else that you want to do before you get to that point is like mental paralysis kind of, or like you're sitting on your phone and can't stop scrolling. Um, technology really fucks us with that. But um, yeah, it's too, it's too much. If you don't have the tools, the guidance, someone holding you accountable, I find myself wishing lately, even today, I find myself wishing that I had a keeper. Someone that would just walk in and be like, all right, this is what you have to do today. Let's get her done. And I can whine about it and they'll just be like, yeah, but you got to do it. Let's go. I kind of just need that. And I, I find myself doing that for myself, but I can't always do that yeah. for myself because I'll talk myself out of it. And so... Yes, to a certain degree, I agree with you that that people will make excuses and use mental health as as an excuse. But to a certain degree, we just don't have enough resources that um, we don't have enough resources that the excuses aren't valid. Well, I feel like one of my main complaints is somebody can say, "Hey, I'm depressed." Walk in and they just give you pills for that, and now you're just depressed. Like, what if you were sad that day? You know what I mean? Like people are over prescribing medication left and right. It's fucking ridiculous. Including antibiotics, which are creating super bugs. It's very it's very um interesting. I haven't thought of that. That, that was... the over prescription of antibiotics that we have done ha- is creating super bugs that are going to wipe us out. Um right. and it's just this all of this is just very immature, very um what's the word I'm looking for? Um can't think of this word now it's a very common word not immature but um irresponsible it's very irresponsible of us as a culture especially with these professionals they know that these these things are looming that these problems are looming like with the antibiotics and stuff but at the end of the day and this is where capitalism needs some fucking reins needs to be reined in with some socialist stuff it needs to work together in tandem the two the two systems because capitalism alone is really leaning on this fucking human greed problem problem and when you're talking about privatized prisons when you're talking about the healthcare system mental health care system the pharmaceutical 
you know, big pharma, the pharmaceutical um, industry. Greed makes things really irresponsible because they see people as numbers and they don't care if we die. They don't give a shit if we continue to be sick. They just want to keep us sick because if we stay sick rather than teaching us proper nutrition and exercise and, and teaching us system like um, na- natural remedies and ways to keep ourselves healthier and to avoid those illnesses in the first place, if they do that, they can't make money off of our illness. And if they, if they cure our illness, once we do get sick, they can't make money off of our illness. So they just create treatment that keeps us alive, but sick. And that's... That's sick. That's part of the problem. Yeah, it's disgusting. It really is. It's, it's, pretty, it's very disgusting when humanity stops giving, shit about, giving a shit about humanity. You Why know, tell you that exercise and nutrition will help your ADHD symptoms subside a little and calm down and it'll be more manageable and you won't feel the anxious, depressive side effects of your ADHD if you do these things. And you'll be able to get out of bed in the morning and you won't hate yourself and you'll be able to make better decisions if you just do these things in advance rather than waiting until ADHD has someone sobbing in a corner unable to move for weeks at a time and their only their only solution is what popping pills pills well, there's another solution but we try not we try to stay away from that one pills and that side effect those pills is uh thoughts and acts of suicide what yeah. your depression medication su- side effects are suicidal thoughts and actions what? Yeah. I don't understand. It's funny. I mean, I was already headed that direction. Why'd you have to help out? You know? Like... I came to you to get away from those thoughts. Right. Yeah. Uh... Ay, guacamole. Yeah. Yeah. Super fun stuff. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, shit. How long have we been doing this? A long time. Holy crap. Yeah. All right. Sorry. You're going to have to do some editing. <laughs> I don't edit anything. You don't edit? No. Nope, this is a really that. long podcast. He's going to listen to something for like two hours. Somebody who finds it interesting. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully someone does. All right. Uh, you got a shout out? Yeah. I mean, uh, besides my parents, which I shouted out earlier for not or for breaking a condom and making me. Uh, yeah. My uh, my hubby. My yeah. husband, Ken. He's, uh, he's kind of awesome. He's so awesome that I proposed to him two months into our relationship. That is... Freaking awesome. Yeah, that whole when you know, you know. I didn't believe it until I knew. Yeah. It was crazy. That really does exist, and it's hard to find. I know that for damn sure. Yeah. Um, He's also like the first guy that I've been with and that has been interested in me that uh, didn't eventually get sick of how forward and dominant I am as a woman. Yeah, most most guys turn into real pussies about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really emasculated. It sucks because uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't quite understand that, like, you should always be yourself around your partner. Yeah. Because the right one, those those parts of you that you think that some people don't like will draw that person in. And the right person was made to fit together with you. You know what I mean? And there's never going to be a perfect way to do that, but the right person's going to make it feel that way. Yeah. So, problem is that you know from far away, especially in social situations, I'm very shiny. 
I'm very shiny. And I I don't go for just anyone. And so I'm then I'm like, ooh, hard to get. Unattainable. So if I get her, I'm I'm worthy and I have achieved something. I have, you know, yeah. run the gauntlet, you know, shit like that. And so I'm this like prize, this shiny, shiny prize. And then once they've had me for a while, they're like, all right, but you got to submit. Because after all, like, you know, the man's in charge, all right? And I'm a real man. So, you know, part of it is like, I wrangled the bull and now you got to submit. And I'm like, which bull submits ever? Just out of curiosity. Your analogy's broken. Right. Because, <laughs> yes, I am definitely a bull. Yeah. You got to learn to ride, not make the bull submit. Right. And they, yeah, up until Ken, like literally none of them ever thought, maybe I should learn how to ride, you know, get some confidence, feel worthy of this woman that I've somehow attracted. <laughs> it's hard to wrangle, but man, is she fun. Oh, she's not that fun. She's getting angry. She's making some good points about how I'm not that great. Fuck. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, yeah, I absolutely 100%. Will tell you that I, I say some uncomfortable truths, some mean truths when when I start to feel like people are trying to control me and wrangle me and reel me in. And that has that's that was tough for for a few dudes. Well, shit. Yeah, I can see how that'd be tough for somebody. That'd be yeah. a little rough, especially old school mentality bullshit kicking yeah. in. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Some good relationships. There were some like cool dudes that I I don't think were necessarily like emasculated by me. I did date a, a couple of guys, a few guys that were like awesome dudes, and we like we broke up on on good terms. And we're like we're just not for each other, and that's awesome. We're still good people. We're still right. chill. I can still call these people today, and we could have a normal friendship. And yeah, I yeah. Those people are awesome, but yeah, a lot of guys, I unfortunately, were just like, you need to calm down. It's so loud. Why do you have to wear that shirt? Well, you get it. You have tits. I'm like, I will always have tits. <laughs> Other men, no matter how low or high my shirt is, no matter how baggy my dress is, to hide all of this sh- voluptuous deliciousness, they will always know. Do you know that there's higher rape? higher rape uh, statistics in countries where women wear head-to-toe burkas. Really? Oh, yeah. Because the, the secrecy, the fucking... It's a lot left to the imagination, so of course they're going to chase tail and throw those things up and get some dick, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This whole, like, you should hide everything, leave some mystery bullshit... Mystery is dangerous. Imaginations run wild. Imagination is dangerous. Yeah. I don't like mine most of the time. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to shout out Craig uh, from my gym. He owns the gym. Sick. <clears throat> he put out a video of... Uh, Wait, what's the gym? Hardcore Barbell. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, he uh, he just put out a little video of kind of promotion of himself and everything. And it was it was really cool. He did a really good job with it. So I was shouting him out. Uh, you have any dad jokes? Um, like, like jokes my father has told me, or like <laughs> traditional just, dad jokes. Just silly, silly jokes. All right, I won't do the dirty blonde one, but I, uh, 
Well, my dad once, uh, I, this is like, a, in my opinion, a good dad joke. Um, a little foreign in flavor, but uh, two guys are sitting, sitting down talking to each other about their wives. And one guy goes, man, my wife is a fucking angel. The other guy goes, damn, I'm jealous. My wife's still alive. Oh, no. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> All right, I got two of them. What uh, what kind of salt has the best vision? Sea salt. Right, I was going to say that, yeah. Okay, feel free to throw those in there. I don't think you're going to get this one, though. What do you call a monkey that works in a call center? I don't know. A hoorangatang. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes! No, there's no way I was going to get that one. I know. I didn't. As soon as I heard it, I was laughing my ass off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, again, this is Tyler Toby Townsend. And Patia. And this is the Psychotic Strength Podcast. And uh, yeah, look us up on all the social media. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me.